Saturday morning handle here. Uh, here we go, right up until 11 o'clock. We're in. Leo Laporte shows up. Then uh, Neil Savedra. Neil is uh, broadcasting from Knott's Berry Farm today. It's uh, the Boysenberry Festival. We were talking about uh, about it today, and I'm going to try to get there. Although my it's hard on my uh, on my legs, still uh, experiencing some uh, issues of pain from my vaca- 30 day vacation time at home, uh, screaming in pain and uh, living on morphine. <sighs> and I've lost some weight. By the way, a great way to lose weight. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, what a diet that one is, huh? I should do TV commercials for that. Go to the hospital, experience insane pain, and uh, let's give you some phone numbers to call. 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. It is um, always the best time to call in at the top of the hour where we virtually always have lines open. And we do. We have a few lines open. All right. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. I think a world record has been broken, and this happens to be in England. Uh, There is a man, Lamar Chambers, uh, who was arrested on drug charges. And as the police were uh, detaining him or were coming towards him, uh, he swallowed all of the drugs. Well, they really need those drugs for evidence. And so he goes to jail, and it's a disgusting job, but uh, deputies have to wait until he uh, evacuates, poos. And then out of uh, the poo, they uh, then retrieve the drugs, proving that, in fact, uh, he had the drugs on him, and that sort of wraps up the case. Where's the world record? 47 days without going to the toilet. He held on for... A month and a half, over six weeks, without going to uh, the bathroom. He was arrested on suspicion uh, with intent to supply class A, uh, class A drugs. And they kept him over seven subsequent hearings. And the nation waited. Literally, this was a national story in Britain. How long? Finally, he was taken to the hospital. Drug charges still remain. Uh, initial charges have been gone to the bathroom. And so they took him to the hospital where he received treatment. He was given food, water, medical visits every day. Uh, again, nothing was passed. Didn't want medical treatment or the opportunity to visit the hospital. Uh, and uh, the court heard how he had eaten up to eight frosty cereal bars a day, switching to a diet of fruit and vegetables. That'll help. Nothing. Nothing. And here's the fun part of this story. And I'm taking this from uh, the Sun newspaper. We don't know how it ended. Because I am assuming that finally uh, he has, in uh, fact, gone to jail. The story was uh, updated uh, just, uh, what, uh, three weeks ago. So I'm assuming it's a done deed because I can't imagine adding three weeks to that. Healthy young male. Doctor said this is impossible. You can die of a heart attack, by the way, holding on. And I don't know how you do hold on. Now we're having a medical issue. You know, we should have doctors call in and we discuss how long you can actually hold on. All right, let's uh, go ahead and just take some phone calls. Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, 
Oh, by the way, uh, phone numbers. We still have lines open. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. And by the way, uh, I must tell you, and I've never even threatened this at the top of the hour, and that is uh, we have two phone calls. And I always start hate to start the show with two phone calls. So I will instruct Blake, who's our new guy here, to get ready with uh, uh, Jerry Lewis singing I'll, You'll Never Walk Alone. Are you ready for that? Uh, do we have it? We will. We'll have it. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, 800-520-1KFI. 800-520. Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Uh, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. My uh, my landlord recently gave me a 30-day notice when they should have given me a 60-day. Do they have to reissue that notice? You bet. You bet. Then- so effectively, no notice was given. Uh, they oh. have to give you a notice. Now, it depends on the city. It depends on uh, the county because uh, this is a local matter, except... Uh, in California, it is now state law. You must have a 60-day notice. And when they don't give it to you c- correctly, uh, it's no notice. You're back to square one. Now, you get a landlord that is really pissed off at you. You know that, don't you? Yes. Uh, and and my next question was, is what if they just say, well, if you don't get out in the 30 days, we're going to file a, an eviction lawsuit against yeah, that's, you? Yeah, that's instantly thrown out. It's a defective, unlawful detainer. That's what I, okay. Good. Absolutely. And, and I would, well, you can't argue. No, you can't argue abusive process or, no, you can't because uh, that's it's simply a mistake. Uh, so the, uh, he files an unlawful detainer. Uh, you have, uh, what, three days either to pay rent and agree to it, or uh, he has to file a lawsuit uh, for unlawful detainer, and your answer is uh, he failed to give a 60-day notice. Instantly, it is dismissed. Okay, because, yeah, because I've, I've lived in the unit for more than a year, and I think... Yep. No, no, you got it. No, no, you got it. No, it's fine. Uh, you're going to just... Uh, and you. I, and on top of that, uh, I would uh, let him know, if you're going to stay, uh, that uh, other than the 60-day notice, and anything other you do will be deemed uh, harassment. And uh, he's got all kinds of issues going on. Yeah, you got to follow the rules. I used to do evictions early, early, early in my practice, just when I started surrogate parenting and my partner did uh, personal injury. I uh, had to make ends meet because cases, it took a long time for cases to come in as any startup. So we were doing uh, evictions. And, man, we had to literally be perfect on those notices. T's had to be crossed. Dates had to be perfect. The service, uh, the service, the service of uh, the, the summons process server had to do it absolutely perfectly. All right, uh, Joe, you're up. Welcome, hi, Joe. Hey, uh, hey there. Um, what's the cheapest, easiest way to do a living will trust, well, like a house title inheritance? All right, well, that's easy. Uh, if you want to put it in a trust, uh, you can handwrite it. Just uh, go on the internet. Although there's free uh, documents, and uh, you so you write out the trust. You name a trustee. Uh, the trustee uh, is given power to do what uh, he or she wants to do, but for the benefit of the beneficiary. So the more specific you are in the trust, for example, uh, I have a trust with uh, my wife and uh, in the trust, we tell our trustee, this is how it's to be distributed. Okay, okay. That's, that's critical. If you don't transfer the property into the trust, then the trust is uh, it's basically invalid. I mean, it's a trust, but there's nothing to there's nothing to distribute. 
do, do you need a lawyer for something like that? No, not really. You can do it yourself. Okay. Yeah, if you're only you talking form. about if you're only talking about one piece of property, yeah, you could probably do it. Just just be really careful on writing up the trust. You know, how do you want it? You want the trustee to sell it? Yeah. Uh, how many how many beneficiaries are we talking about here? Um, probably just one or two. One or two? Well, uh, you can transfer. Uh, you can put uh, the property and you can change titles so all of you own it. When you die, it goes to the one or two. There's a bunch of different ways of doing it. Look it up on the Internet. There's all kinds of rules, but this one's easy peasy. All right. Yeah. And uh, trusts can be very complicated or they can be super easy. All right. Uh, let's take a break. This is Handle on FI Handle here on a Saturday. Just heard. Uh, Savedra Neal is going to be at the Boysbury Festival at Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, that is something to see. Every at fried chicken. All right, back we go. Uh, more Handle on the Law. And our phone number, 800 520 1KFI, 800 520 1534 for marginal legal advice. Eight hundred five two zero one five three four. All right, here we go. Handle on the law. Hello, Corey. Hey, how you doing, Bill? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, okay. So, quick question. Uh, first of all, thanks for taking my call. Sure. But, um, so, I was involved in a, in a car accident. Um, my vehicle, a Ford F one fifty, and uh, you know, I was pulling out of a private driveway, and. Uh, a guy, a guy came out of nowhere. He sped through a yellow light, and um, he T-boned my rear end. Okay. Um, uh, the insurance company um, they found his, they found me at fault for the accident because they said that that uh, he had the right of way. All right. Um, but um, so my insurance company ended up uh, paying out for his vehicle, nine thousand dollars and some change, and um, they paid it false for submitting false information. Oh, uh, like and what? I'm, I'm, what? What false information? I, I, Exactly. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, now it's crazy. It's crazy because you were held liable. There's uh, nothing more to do. I mean, uh, you could have. Re- he he wasn't damaged by any false information that you might have submitted. And I have no idea what that means. False information. Did he in, did he exactly. indicate what it was or just false no, information? Just false information. All right. Just tell him. You know what? Just tell him we'll see you in court. And okay. what and what will so, happen is you show up in court. Just bring the paperwork that he's been paid out. Okay. That's and all so you do. I, I, I forwarded the information to the insurance company, and they, were, they said they're going to forward it to their litigation team. Yep. Um, so is it worth hiring an attorney? No, no, no. Let them deal with it. Double dip. You can't right. – uh, it's unjust than Richmond. He got paid already. Right, exactly. And the court's going to go, why should you get paid twice? Yeah. And, uh, uh, that's what he's going to say. Right. You'll be fine. Not to worry. Uh, Joseph. Hi, Joseph. Welcome. How you doing, Bill? Yes, sir. Hey, Go ahead. Uh, first of all, uh, can can you get Wayne to unblock me on Twitter? Uh, no, and I have no idea how that works and how to unblock you. So you must be a real pain in the rear end when one of uh, my yeah, team blocks you. Fun of yeah, I know. So uh, uh, yeah, fun of a little bit. yeah, well, a little bit. All right. Uh, but, all, right. all right. So let's move on with okay. your question. So I live in Valencia. We were renting a house last year, and uh, upon the uh, end of our lease, uh, we were buying a home. And um, as we went to move out, the lady charged us uh, some of the deposit. She, she ended up wanting to keep some of the deposit. Why? Like five five hundred bucks. She says uh, we pulled up some rose bushes in the front yard. Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's yeah, that's she, she's gonna have to take it to court, and you're gonna say no, and she's gonna take pictures, and uh, 
Uh, you know, she may or may not get the $500. I have no idea. You can either accept the $500 suck up or you can sue her for the $500 in small claims court. And she's going to argue and well, you're going to argue. Oh, you paid it. Okay. So, okay. That's done then. All right. Okay. So here, here's my question. When when we left the house, we were obviously, she, she wanted us to buy the house. It was one of my wife's old former, former coworkers. She moved away across the country. Uh, she retired and then said, hey, you guys can rent my house. And uh, she expected us to buy it. But at the end of the lease, we, we had lived in it for a while and realized it was too small for us. So we bought a different house. Well, she put the house on the market. Okay, so as we were leaving, another tenant was, or another owner was buying the home and came in and met us and everything. The owner, the previous owner of the home, never came to do a walkthrough or anything like that. Um, she was basically uh, uh, basing this on some pictures that we had sent her of the home, saying, oh, I had some rose bushes off to the side over there. They no, yeah, but you, paid, but you paid the $500. Yeah, I did pay. So, so it, that, that issue... That- You've ex- you've accepted the uh, her saying I uh, you, you here's the damage I want five hundred dollars taken from the deposit and uh, you said okay because you didn't say well, she no I understand but that's what happens landlords effectively take it now did you get the rest of the deposit back yeah we okay the check so you, the all right so you have a five hundred dollar dispute which is no longer in dispute if I tell if I say to you. Okay, you owe me five hundred dollars, and you say okay, and you pay the five hundred dollars, or I take it out of a deposit. There's no difference. Uh, then you come back and say, uh, no, I've changed my mind. I want it back. You you paid it already. You accepted the deal. But I didn't have any choice. You just wrote it. The That's check. correct. You could have said that- no. You could have. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. So you didn't. You just. She just wrote you the check. I'm sorry. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and sewer and, and sewer and uh, sewer and small claims court. I'm sorry, I went in the other direction. I thought you never okay, mind. Okay, then you have a five hundred dollar suit in small claims court. It's that simple. There's your lawsuit. Right. I don't. Where would I go with that? Uh, you know where? What? What was I thinking about? See, that's what happens. That's that's part of marginal legal advice. When I go off in a different direction, I thought money was exchanged, and uh, never mind. This would be. I try to listen, but sometimes you get so bored. With the phone calls. Eh, okay, where's she going? Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, the IRS released their annual dirty dozen list of tax scams. Phone scams top the list. Uh, the most common scam callers pose as IRS representatives, tell taxpayers they owe money, and have to pay promptly or be subject to punishment, including arrest. You know what? Rest you. Uh, certainly not for years. Uh, but people buy into it. There are so many threats in today's connected world. It takes one weak link for criminals to get in. So LifeLock, been a customer for years, I own security to help protect you against threats to your identity and your devices uh, that you can't easily see or fix on your own. And I don't even know. I wouldn't even know how to begin, but I have LifeLock that protects me. And if there's a problem, if your identity is, in fact, compromised, their agents will work to fix it. Now, no one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor every transaction, every business. But the new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats you might and you probably otherwise handle for an additional 10% off your first year. LifeLock.com promo code handle or call 800-LIFELOCK and use the promo code handle for that 10%. Handle. This is Handle on the Law.
Marty Handel here, and uh, welcome to the show again on a Saturday morning. And as I said, uh, what has happened here is I have uh, never... Uh, well, actually, that's not true. 20 years ago, I think it happened where, uh, well, we said I have phone calls coming in, but in, which, of course, we're not going to pay because I'm just making that up and there's no chance. Uh, but it sounds good, I think. Okay? Uh, here we go. Uh, and here's our first $1,000 winner. Not. Is this handle on the law? Okay. Uh, Leslie. Hello. Welcome to Hi. the show. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. What can I do for you? Um, I signed an agreement that I wouldn't sue my employer for letting me go. And I just want to know if that keeps me from filing a complaint to the labor board against practices that they that they. Oh, have. that is interesting because you're not suing. You're simply complaining right. sort of an NDA where uh, you agree not to go forward uh, with any other uh, complaint and just the whole thing is dropped. You know, do you- um, it was really, it was really just to not, not, not sue them for like age discrimination, not talk about them on the. Now that's interesting. You know, yeah, media. yeah. Not okay. Not talk about them. Yeah, I can't talk about them. Um, wow. Well, well. Now, or- now you have an issue because I think that's a public complaint. So, I don't think you can. However, I mean, you're talking to a guy. This is one of those where you. It's a real tech. <laughs> it's a real technical question as to sure. uh, how broad that agreement that you signed is. I would ask uh, a um, I would ask a labor lawyer, uh, or not even okay. a labor lawyer, a little slander, that sort of thing. That's just one question, but it's, but it's a good okay. one. Yeah. So the bottom line is, it's a good question, and I don't know the answer. Okay. Uh, there we go. We start with that. All right, uh, Mike. Hi, Mike. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah. Hey. I um. I was listening to this crazy crazy talk radio host. Uh, he promised me a thousand. No, no, no! I have no idea what you're talking about. That's absolutely <laughs> not true, Mike. Hey, really, honestly, I don't have any issue. I just called to give you slack. I listen to you every weekend. All right, so you don't. So you don't have an issue. I have no issue. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Uh, this is well, at least okay uh, to get through. Uh, but uh, this is. I, I want to point something out whenever I get a phone call like this, and that is, I'm never wrong on. Bill, I love your show. You're terrific. Or I hate your show, and you are horrible. Sometimes that gets through. And uh, that I know the answer to. See? Marginal legal advice, what can I do for you? I hate you. Welcome. Hey there, Bill. Yes. Um, have a little bit of an issue. Uh, about eight months ago, I got a speeding notice from a video camera in Scottsdale, Arizona. I ignored it because it was a notice, not a ticket, um, and nothing else happened. Uh, however, I got that experience service because of all the hacks going on, and when I checked, I have a court record and a speeding violation get put in handcuffs. Maybe. Or, there may, there also may be a, a warrant for your arrest. Well, well, that's what I'm concerned Oh, yeah, that's what you I'm bet you're concerned. You want to call the court, uh, call the court or figure some way uh, to get uh, the uh, clerk of the court, and don't go sell, probably with Bubba. Uh, I might add, and you will probably be sodomized 15 times the first uh, 10 minutes that you're there, which is not a lot of fun. And uh, make sure you call and say, I don't understand this. Uh, I I simply got a notice. I didn't get a court date. uh, Just that I violated that. And that's all I got. Now, they're obviously going to say this is not certified. They're going to say 
uh, well, here is uh, you have to pay it, and you're not, and you're saying you don't at all. Do you have the Do you have the original document? I don't. No. Well, you didn't even to say that you got the notice. You didn't show up. You got a court date. You didn't show up because that's the way it works. I don't. They may have a copy of it, and that may be maybe later on you get a court date. I don't know how it works uh, in I, I, Arizona. I read, I read somewhere that the notice was the first part, and that got it. Okay, but you're. But, but you, I get it. I understand. But here's the problem: yeah. they're going to say that the second part was sent, probably because ah, okay. it slipped through the cracks. You might right. have. You might have to have an attorney walk in and represent you. Uh, which you can uh, on these cases. You don't need to actually show up and straighten this out. And if it's a question of um, you didn't get the notice, uh, you go ahead and uh, just show up in court and pay the ticket. Uh, you are uh, the uh, the warrant will be dropped because the whole point was to have you show up in court and pay the ticket. That's what the warrant is about. Uh, but you've, you've got to be very careful on this one. Okay, call the court. Uh, you know what? At this point, find out exactly where you're sitting. Find out if you have... Uh, find out if there's a bench warrant out there for you. That's really important. And you know how I do that? I would call. Uh, I would call the uh, the court clerk. There may be on the Internet. You get to do a little research here. Okay. And, find out, and that's easy. And you have to find that out. And then you call the clerk and saying, I never got the second notice. I understand uh, that there is a bench warrant, which I had no idea. If I just show up uh, and pay the ticket. Uh, am I still uh, – the, the warrant disappears. Will be there, there any other penalties? Now, you're in Arizona, man. There are some crazy-ass judges out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, this was uh, where Joe Arpaio, the former sheriff, right. was. Yeah, the, the, yep, the pink uniform. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, there's some crazy people there. I mean, you're not going to see that in California for the most part. Well, but... well I, I mean, I, I live in California. So no, I understand, but it's – I get it. I live – California what, what has nothing if, to do with I this. Don't go back. Yeah, well, Mike. What if I don't go back? Right. Well, if, if, you back if you never go, if you never go back, I think you're going to be okay. Except there's a national database. They're not going to extradite you, but there, if you get stopped in California, they're going to know you up. You've got to call and do a little research on this one. Okay. I mean, that's the bottom line because the last thing you want to do is you know, in handcuffs. I mean, you're not going to get. It's not going to be a big deal. You pay the tickets, failure to appear. You know, it's not like they're going to put you in jail. Except if there's a warrant for you and you're driving in Arizona. That is no fun. And I'm assuming Arizona jails are not terrific. California jails are a little bit better. Cable TV, air-conditioned, deli food brought to the cell. uh, But you still get sodomized 15 times uh, a day by Bubba. Uh, That's just the way it works. By the way, uh, that's probably not true as far as the deli food or the cable or uh, the delivery. That's what I'm guessing. This is Handle on the Law. I'm on a lead. morning for uh, those of you that are of the christian persuasion uh passover was last night had our passover uh, meal changed things around a little bit at my home uh, added uh part of uh, the symbolic foods uh, brought out uh, a whole platter full of peeps and says this signifies when moses said to pharaoh uh let my peeps go and it uh hey you know what? You got to change it up every once in a while, even though it's been the same service for 2,000 years. You know? I got it. Well, what can I tell you? All right. 805. More handle on the law, marginal legal advice. Santos. Hello, Santos. Welcome to the show. Good morning, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning. All right. What can I do for you? Please bear with me a little here. About uh, four months, um, four years, uh, 
Four years ago, my brother-in-law in in, uh, New Jersey passed away. Okay. Shortly after he was uh, buried, uh, he assigned a, I think, an executor. Yes. We will call Susan. Uh, Anyway, uh, Susan called called me and asked for my brothers and sisters' addresses and names. Uh, She said that Richard had some a little something for us so uh i was just wondering that was three years yeah three years ago no and you just discovered it right yeah yeah if you just discovered it i think i i think you have a i think you have a birthday card yeah no i got i got it you just we can go on and on and on all right santos santos you're obviously not listening to me all right yeah that's great i have to hang up on him because i'm talking he's talking but I think uh, there was a little something for him. The executor didn't give it uh, to him. And, yes, he can go back and say, where the hell's my money? And the executor would be liable because that's a breach of a fiduciary duty. Uh, and I don't know what a little something means, but, you know, I wasn't getting him uh, to ask. Go figure. All right, uh, Nori. Hi, Nori. Uh, you're up. Welcome. Hey, Bill. Yes, ma'am. I have a comment and a question. Yes. My comment is about California CDC when you said about the deli. Um, they don't get deli, but they do get In-N-Out, KFC, these candy uh, sales that oh. are delivered straight to the prison yard. Oh, terrific. So, uh, the prison yard. So, okay, that's good to hear. Yeah. Okay, exactly. excellent. All right, I'm, uh-huh. I was making a joke about uh, people in prison and uh, everything they get in California because you're well, probably, yeah. All right, I get it. That's it's nice. It's not a joke. It's totally true. Uh, so. I didn't know that. I really didn't yeah. know that. But okay. I, I swear. I, I mean, know I believe I, you. I know I, no, I believe you. Okay. All right. My question, I live in a mobile home park, and I've lived here for about 20 years. The woman that owned the park passed away, and the son sold it to new owners, which in turn froze or let go of the Prop 13. So instead of paying $25,000 a year property taxes, it just went up to 225000 And that's for so, the, uh, the new owner of the park? Correct. Okay. Who, who is passing that cost on to us because... You know, we have to pay the property tax. My question is, we used to have a base rent, and they separated the property tax from the actual base rent. Well, now they've merged them together. So my question is, when it comes time for my lease to, you know, to get my can they ja- the Can rent, they jack it up for you can to— they use- both, well, both charges. Uh, I think it can, uh, and unless there are rules uh, within the state that preclude that. But if oh. uh, you can charge whatever rent you want. Uh, I understand that. And so uh, they can, uh, if they're smart, and I'm sure they're talking to an attorney, uh, they just jack up the rents to cover it. Uh, and if the law allows them to separate it out, that taxes are paid, uh, it's... Uh, I think they can short of uh, looking it up, but that's an easy one to look up. Uh, just, uh, you know, are there any rules at all, uh, mobile home parks, taxes, uh, and um, then some statutes uh, if you can. But the bottom line is one of those. I, I do believe, because of my vast experience, having never lived in a mobile park, having never owned a mobile park, and frankly, not knowing anybody who lives uh, in a mobile park. That's I'm about to make a joke about people who live in the mobile uh, homes. But you know what? Today, I just I have this magnanimous streak going through me today. No idea. Not not no idea. All right. 
Uh, let me tell you a little bit about safe, uh, Simply Safe Home Security. And I put one of these systems in uh, my daughter's condo. Uh, Simply Safe Home Security, prepare for anything that gets thrown at it. If a storm takes out the power, Simply Safe is there. It's ready. An intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. Uh, they destroy your keypad or siren. Uh, Simply Safe will get you the help you need. Now, that is obviously overkill. But the point is, this is how they think. And that's what makes Simply Safe's home security so good. It's always ready. And you would think something along these lines would cost you an arm and a leg. It does not. Uh, they charge you what is fair. Matter of fact, surprisingly affordable. You install it. It took me half an hour to install it in my daughter's house. And uh, I was shocked because I don't know how to work a thermostat. There's 24-7 professional security monitoring. Just fourteen ninety nine a month. No contracts. No hidden fees. So obviously, I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know. They all, the Simply Safe system also has an alarm if someone breaks in. You don't want to be near that alarm. Your neighbors don't want to be near that alarm. We tested it once. You can hear it three blocks away. Let me tell you, any intruder, uh, when you're not there because you set the system, uh, is well. If they stay, they're going to get their ears blown out. It's that simple. That's what Simply Safe is about. I love this. Go to simplysafehandle.com. SimplySafeHandle.com. Protect your home and family. SimplySafeHandle.com. This is Handle on the Law. And KFI. KFI. KFI? Well, we believe in diversity here. And uh, we are all inclusive. So, uh, happy KFI. Passover, Easter, very holy weekend. And uh, for those of you of uh, the uh, Hebraic American persuasion, happy Passover. And for those of you of uh, the uh, Christian American persuasion, of course, happy uh, Easter. And for those of you that are Muslim, I have no idea if there is a uh, holiday this weekend. Probably not. All right. 800 520 KFI, 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case whatsoever. I love uh, incredibly stupid stories. Now, I love telling people uh, here on uh, the show, whenever uh, you call in and you come up with some idiotic question and... Of course, uh, uh, or you've done something particularly idiotic. And I say, okay, let's count how many uh, levels of stupid we're dealing with here. I can count three already. Yeah, can you count a few more? Uh, this story I'm going to share you with you is uh, puts this completely over the top. All right? Uh, there is a man, uh, Rance Shannon, who is a truck driver. And this is in Gainesville, Florida. So uh, the police uh, are stopped at a fire rescue scene, there are four patrol cars. This is on the road, and uh, the street is somewhat blocked. And so this truck driver, Rance, drives up. And keep in mind, four, the fire department is there, the police department is there, four patrol cars. Obviously, the light's blinking like crazy. And at some point, uh, the road is completely blocked off uh, with Rance being blocked off. He can't go. So he starts honking the horn. And I mean really honking the horn. So the police show, go, you know, they go over there to tell him uh, basically stop it. Uh, you can't do this. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, marijuana 
is uh, coming from uh, the cab. So they search it, because that's probable cause. A handgun, a loaded magazine, $10,000 in cash. And then they really start searching it, tearing it apart, the cab. More weapons, more drugs, five mason jars of marijuana, 100 grams of cocaine, four handguns, and a baseball bat. I think he could probably get the baseball bat charge removed because you can say he plays baseball. A little bit more difficult with uh, the five mason jars of marijuana, the cocaine, four handguns, $10,000, magazines, lots of ammunition, a little bit tougher. Did I tell you how idiotic this is? I mean, at what point? I don't know how he got his license. Wow, what a story. All right. No legal issue here, just... Wow, what a story. All right, uh, let's do it. Oh, here we go. A uh, truck driver story, actually. Uh, Mondo, let's go to you. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Bill, got a ticket uh, for uh, driving with my daybreak on, which is the uh, it's a, it's a brake. Okay, uh, so you're a truck driver, and you're driving with the daybreak on. What is a daybreak? No, a J, J. Oh, J break. I'm sorry, it says yeah. daybreak. What is a J break? A jaybreak is 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 a is, is, is a mechanical thing that helps you slow down the truck. It it uh, it, it uh, restricts the flow of fuel into the engine to help it stop. Okay, so uh, and is it usual to have it on when you're driving? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's common. Okay, fair yeah, enough. But in this area, it's restricted for one mile. Okay. Okay. Now the thing is. Um, I get pulled over. Guy says, uh, "Give me your ticket for having a jaybreak. Not supposed to have it on for the next, you know, for a mile." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, but my truck's quiet because in the older trucks, when you have your jaybreak on and you release your foot from the from 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 the fuel throttle, it, it, it's really really loud." All right, I get it. I get it. So, and you have yeah. a newer truck, correct? I have a newer truck. All right. So your uh, your jaybreak is not loud. It is very quiet. Yeah. All right. Now. Now, now, underneath us, where it says no jaybreak, uh, next mile, it has a code, a, you know, a, a, a civil code or whatever kind of, you know. The yeah, law. no, I get it, yes. And what is and, that civil code? Does it explicitly talk about the newer trucks? No, it, it doesn't specifically talk about newer trucks or older trucks, but it doesn't talk about jaybreak. It talks about decibel reading. Oh, okay. And it has, oh, all right. So, uh, and there is no, uh, on the ticket, it doesn't talk about decibels at all. It just says the brake is on, correct? Yeah. All right. It, 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 it says that code. All I right. Does the code read that if you are below a certain decibel reading, you are exempt from that, uh, that law? No, but it does say anything above a certain decibel reading. It all right. Which means say. that you are exempt from the law if uh, you are uh, below that decibel reading, correct? Well, it doesn't word it that way, but... How is it worded specifically? That's going to be the, the, the gist of this question. It, yeah, it, it, it words it by saying anything above this decibel reading. I can't remember the decibel reading. Okay, but um, okay. So, therefore, it does talk about uh, the noise factor. So, you got a yeah. ticket for it being on more than a mile. You have a code section that talks about decibel reading. You have a new truck that you can somehow prove that yeah, okay. it is below that decibel reading. It's a winner for you. Mondo, you walk into court. You say no guilty to the ticket. You walk into court. You you point out the uh, the municipal code. You point out the fact that a, a bo- below a decibel reading, you can't get tagged. New trucks, 
lower decibel reading, you've won the case. All right, good. Yeah, all right. That's now. I think the judge is probably going to enjoy that because there's a real legal issue in front of him. And in, in, in uh, traffic court, whoever gets a real legal uh, legal issue. All right, Linda. Hi, Linda. Hi. Yes, yes. ma'am. Um, I have a question for you on uh, sponsoring somebody from another country. Uh, let's say I sponsor somebody and they come over here. I know I'm responsible for them if they suck off the government. Right. Financially, you are responsible. Financially, you are responsible for them. That's correct. Okay. But what if they get in a car wreck and they're being sued? You know, you're not, you're not responsible. You know, you're not responsible. Okay. So they commit a crime or. Yeah, you're you're not. I don't No, You're not responsible. Yeah, you're fine. All all you're doing is uh, giving financial responsibility. And that's okay. it. So, so you're, you're, yeah, you're that. fine. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, yeah. And now, if you're doing this to commit some fraud of some kind, that's a problem. But uh, or you are part of in the application, uh, leaving out, omitting some uh, facts that you know that would preclude. That's a problem for you. But uh, no, I, I wouldn't worry about it. All right, Richard. Hello, Richard. Hey, I engaged an attorney to uh, file a judgment renewal for me, the same guy who did the judgment uh, 10 years ago. And it's just forms. It's just... Yeah, right, I get it. It is just forms. And and I'm concerned that he hasn't done it, that he missed the filing deadline. All right, so you think he's blown blown the statute? Yeah. Okay. How do I handle this? He, you know, he... Gives me like five word answers. Yeah, no, you. Um, I, there, well, there's legal malpractice on its face, right there. Uh, blowing statues is legal, legal malpractice, and uh, if he is insured, there, there it is. Now the problem is, what are your damages? And well, the judgment. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, the judgment is how much? Uh, it's worth one hundred and forty thousand. Yeah, and I get now. it. But then you have to. Here's the. Here's what you have to prove is that you would have collected the hundred and forty thousand dollars because it's been ten years. Since you had the judgment. So it's pretty speculative. Uh, simply because you have a judgment doesn't mean he's going to be responsible for $140,000 if there was no chance of you ever pay, uh, getting the $140,000. So I think there is, uh, unless there is specifically a statute uh, that gives uh, some kind of, uh, of damages, a statutory amount, uh, I can't see the damages here. There may be some and uh, it's time to go to a legal malpractice attorney just to ask if there uh, are some damages here. Because in the end, there may be maybe don't, no damages at all. Maybe the guy's gone bankrupt, which uh, you would be a creditor. Maybe uh, he is now destitute. Maybe he's on Social Security. Uh, maybe he's on disability. Do you know where he is? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's all right. In County. Okay. And uh, why, why hasn't he paid you? Does he have the money to pay you? Does he have a good job? Well, I haven't been aggressive in collecting. All right, so you have no idea. My, All right. It was uh, part of my retirement Yeah, plan. no, I get it. So what you have to do is uh, you got to check with a, a legal malpractice attorney, and there's plenty of them out there. You can go to the website, actually, my website, handleonthelaw.com. You can start there, and uh, we have lawyers that do legal malpractice. And incidentally, those of you that think that lawyers don't sue lawyers because we have all one big fraternity, not true. Lawyers love suing lawyers. Because everybody hates lawyers. Even lawyers hate lawyers. This is Handle on the Law.
phone numbers. Uh, oh, today, uh, Neil Saavedra broadcasting from Knott's Berry Farm, the food show. And it's the Boysenberry Festival. And of all the times you want to go to Knott's, today is a good one. And you can go and uh, figure out where he's going to broadcast because I have no idea. Somewhere in the park, there'll be uh, the KFI broadcast. Just ask somebody. And uh, join uh, Neil. And uh, it's the Boysenberry Festival. So that sounds like a lot of fun. All right. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. All right. Oh, we have some great phone numbers, don't we? This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice where I tell you you have no case. Uh, hello, David. Hey, good morning, Bill. Yes, sir. This may be a little above the pay grade, but um, we're being sued by, I'll give you a little, little, little background, but we're being sued by uh, a previous employee uh, from about seven, six years ago. And she's suing us for just a little under $60 million. Why not? Sixty million is a is a great uh, number. I mean, I would have probably gone for a hundred, maybe a hundred and sixty, but okay, sixty million. And what is she? Yeah, well, su- it's, a what little, is- it's a little under sixty million. Right. So she's being she's being uh, cautious. Okay, so what is she suing you for? What is the basis of the lawsuit, David? Back in uh, back about seven years, six years ago, uh, she worked for me, and in two thousand and. Uh, 13 she, or 2012 she ended up embezzling 13 uh, about 300,000 bucks from my company she was the office manager okay and in control and control of the roost so um, we've ended up finding out that she did some you know bad things and so we caught we contacted the uh, the, the police department and then we contacted the uh, DA and they said yeah we'll take your case reluctantly we'll take your case because we're better at we're better at murders and rapes than money but we'll take it okay great thanks so and we don't want any money out of her. We just wanted to see some type of a, you know, some type of conv- you know, convicting, 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 so she can, you know, so somebody else looks her up. We, they wouldn't have the same problem we just did. So, fast forward um, about three, four, five years. Now we're now we're in two thousand. All right. Did they wait a sec? Did uh, they ever prosecute her? They tried to. Their their lawyer got her off, and then her lawyer at the end. How of did they get her the, off uh, with her stealing uh, all of this money? What What was the they, defense? They felt that they felt their defense was she she ended up um, going on contractor state license board. She put her name um, uh, not with my signature. She did a stamp signature. She did some other signature. Okay, she but she still took but on, she still took money from the company. Here's but the, here's the bottom line. She she made herself a partner in my in my company. Oh, okay. So it's all, all right. Fine. So they so you have a lazy DA. All right. So she gets away with it. All right. Now, so, now, now yeah. she's suing you for sixty million dollars, which is probably past the statute anyway. What is the basis for the sixty million dollar lawsuit? Um, Fifty-two million of it is punitive damages, and then what is the know, basis? Another, uh, you know, there uh, punitive damages only come after the basis of a lawsuit. You can't just say punitive damages. What did mm-hmm. you do uh, that she is suing you for sixty million dollars? From what I understand, I went to the DA and beat. Oh, I see. Because you went to the DA, I got it. Because you went to the DA Mm -hmm. and you're suing her for embezzling money, and she was a partner. Uh, Okay, fair enough. That, by the way, is a legitimate lawsuit uh, or a Mm -hmm. legitimate complaint. Uh, There Mm -hmm. is. There's no way around you saying she took the money. Here is what she did. She became a partner. Uh, By the way, uh, this is a joke. The sixty million dollars. All right. And uh, now she wants to take you to court. I mean, there's enough there that uh, she may have bought herself a court case. 
but uh, I, w- I would love to know what lawyer is going to take that case. Her defense lawyer is taking, taking it. The, is taking well, the case, but he uh, has. But he's only secondary to it. He gave it to an underling, which has a very new. Uh, license to her name. All right, so here's what's okay. Here's what's happening. Got it. He's taking a flyer on this. He's throwing. Uh, he is throwing it and uh, rolling the dice uh, with almost yes. no chance to win, hoping you'll just cough up some money. By the way, yes. that's what happened uh, to me. Uh, I had hmm. a case, an employment case, in which I fired some people because we closed down an office and we got sued. And it was and exactly what happened. Uh, the law firm just threw it to a lawyer who was absolutely useless. I mean, just incompetent to the point where the judge was screaming at him, saying, you know, follow the law. You don't know the law. Sidebars. Uh, don't do that. You can't do this. I mean, it was literally was slapping his wrist every two minutes. And, of course, we won 12-0. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you may have just bought yourself a case and there's no way around it. Incidentally, David, there is zero chance based on your uh, testimony, based on the documents, based on uh, her arguing that uh, that somehow she became a partner out of the blue, based on testimony with everybody else. Uh, David, you're you're going to be fine. It's just someone who is rolling the dice. The problem is you're probably mm-hmm. going to have you're probably going to have to defend. Uh, oh, we already are. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, sixteen thousand, fifteen thousand bucks more. Oh, it's going to cost. No, it's going to cost. 000. No, it's going to cost you some money. And David, uh-huh. what they're doing, the, the defense lawyer is uh, uh, is probably doing it on contingency. I'm sure the defense lawyer is, and it's just mm-hmm. one of those. I have a new lawyer, and I want him to get a little bit of experience in the middle of a trial. Even though we know we're going to lose, at least mm-hmm. he's going to get some uh, some chops in trial. That's what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So it's just. Mm-hmm. Man, it's one bad piece of bad luck after another, after another, after another. And it happens. You know, I hired the wrong people, uh, and it cost me uh, a bunch of money. Although, I have to tell you, I sued the lawyer, uh, and we got a really nice settlement. Because this lawyer Mm. went to court for no reason whatsoever. Uh, And Mm. and we nailed him. I mean, we nailed him for hundreds of thousands of dollars because it was that bad. That's the Mm. little amount of the case. I don't think you're going to be able to sue after the fact. You might. You might. If they produce no evidence, just because the DA didn't prosecute doesn't mean civilly they have no case. Mm -hmm. And if they have no case civilly uh, and uh, it's obviously some kind of extortion, him knowing the facts, man, that is a a malicious prosecution case. So uh, and you let and your attorney lets him know because we did that the whole trial. We kept on saying malicious prosecution, malicious prosecution. You're going to lose this case. You're going to get nailed. This is pure extortion. And that's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, we, we got tons of money. Uh, I mean, half of that went to attorney's fees. But uh, I got to tell you, it's, uh, you have to be a little bit careful just throwing these lawsuits around. All right. Uh, the IRS just released their dirty dozen uh, list of tax scams. They do this every year. Phone scams top the list. And the most common scam uh, callers co- pose as IRS representatives, telling taxpayers they owe money. You have to pay right now. Here's the account you pay into or you buy iTunes cards or Amazon cards. I mean, it's crazy. And if you don't pay right now, uh, there's all kinds of punishment, including arrest. 
and people buy into it. I mean, if any scam you can come up with, they do. There are so many threats in today's connected world. It takes just one weak link for the criminals to get in. So let me suggest talking to the good folks at LifeLock. The new LifeLock identity theft protection adds the power of Norton Security, the antivirus people, to help protect you against threats to your identity and your devices. And those are that you can't easily see or fix on your own because obviously there's a world to that. And if you have a problem with your identity, the agents work to fix that problem. Now, no one can prevent every cyber threat, uh, every identity theft, or monitor every transaction in every business. But in my opinion, I've been a customer for so long, LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover those threats you might otherwise miss, which I'm going to guess you do miss. Go to LifeLock.com call or call 800-LIFELOCK. If you use a promo code handle, you'll get an additional 10% off your first year. LifeLock.com promo code handle. Call 800-LIFELOCK promo code handle. This is Handle on the Law. Today for the Fork Report, where's he going to be? Knott's Berry Farm for the Boysenberry Festival. And of all the times you want to go to Knott's, today is it. Because uh, you can see Neil broadcast his show from 2 to 5 o'clock at Knott's. It's the Boysenberry Festival. And man, do they have, I think, over 100 or 150 Boysenberry items. And Neil was telling me about Boysenberry ribs. Ooh, boy, that's good. Back we go. More handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. All right. Bill, welcome to the show. Hello, Bill. Good morning, sir. Yes, sir. A couple years ago, uh, my wife's 90-year-old mom donated her car to a well-known charity. Uh, Charity sold the car to an auction house. The car was then purchased from the auction by a local used car dealer. Uh, The dealer... The dealer sold the car uh, to an individual. And the problem is um, nobody uh, in this chain ever re-registered the Got car. Got it. So it's still it's still in uh, your wife's mom's name, right? Correct. Okay, that, now, that's an easy one. Now this person's been parking illegally. So All right, I got it. Yeah, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. So you have a bunch of tickets. Uh, so you simply uh, send a letter to the court, copy of all the tickets, with the donation slip that says you donated the property uh the, and, right. the, and that date is when she got rid of the uh she got rid of the car and okay. subsequent that's an easy one they'll immediately dismiss all the tickets and i think she has to go to the dmv and make sure her name is off title uh and that's it uh so or since she's 90 years old uh obviously if she is uh, ambulatory and sharp enough she goes to the dmv herself or daughter goes to the dmv and simply states an affidavit that my mother can't uh, can't go forward and uh, deal with this. Like my mother, for example, uh, is 130 years old, and she is in a board and care. And uh, man, there is no she can't get out of bed. I mean, effectively. So how how is she going to you know go to the DMV? But you're okay. That document uh, that the charity gave here is your here's a charitable contribution, and you have this much money for a deduction. That's your sales slip. Okay? Great. You're done. That's all you have to do. 
Uh, here we go. Oh, another old person. I love old people news. Uh, hello, Gabriel. You're up. Yeah, my 87-year-old uncle passed away about a month ago. He left a will and a trust, and I'm in charge of that will and trust. All right, uh, you're, getting, you're, want... you're breaking up a little bit. I'm assuming you're on a cell phone, right? Yes, yes, sir. Yes. Okay, um, let's try that again. 87-year-old uncle died. You are the executor. There's a will and a trust. Are you also the trustee under the trust? Yes, sir. Okay, so you yes. have both. All right, now what's yes. next? Okay, what's next? The uh, trust, uh, that's worth about $3 million. $3 million, uh, just the trust, yes. right? Yes, yes. And Everybody how much is the will? How much? What's under the will, or is it total $3 million? No, the total $3 million. Got it. Okay, so what's your question, Gabriel? What's what's next? What do I do next? Yeah, no, it's a good question. All right, first of all, uh, let me ask you, have you ever been to Brazil? Uh, No. All right, let me tell you something about Brazil. Brazil does not have an extradition treaty for financial crimes with the United States. Okay. Okay, just to let you know, and you may want to consider moving maybe to Rio. Uh, There's the Copacabana Beach. You have that beautiful boardwalk. I mean, it's. Uh, I've been there obviously many, many times as uh, because I am a Brazilian national, having been born there. So that's one thing you can do. Yeah, I don't suggest that. That's not. How really... about you? Go, how about how about going to Yugoslavia? Uh, that's. I don't know about you. Uh, now, did you did you come from Yugoslavia? Yes. Oh, and my uncle too. My yeah. father uh, was Yugoslav. Did you know that? I know that. Yeah, I know that. my father out of Zagreb. Uh, and yes. which is now yes. Croatia. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about extradition treaty. Well, there is no Yugoslavia. Uh, unfortunately, okay. although, I know that. Although my father, that. it was Yugoslavia from the day he left to the day, as far as he was concerned, and he only spoke Yugoslav, uh, never Serbo-Croatian. Yes. But that he, so you're the same uh, same camp uh, he is. So let's yes. get uh, yes. okay. So we've had a good time with Yugoslavia and Brazil. Now let's talk about what you can do legally. Um, yes, you have to open a probate, and okay. so what I'm gonna you need a probate attorney, uh, Gabriel. He's got a he's got an attorney. He's about ninety years old. Then you have he to switch. One. You have to switch to another attorney. Since you are the executor, uh, you have the right now, Gabriel, to choose your own executor, uh, your own attorney, okay. because you now have full power. You're going to need okay. you're going to need a good probate attorney, and mm-hmm. the attorney will tell you everything you have to do, Gabriel. Okay. I mean, it's real simple. Uh, it's if you know what you're doing, here are the steps you take. If you don't know what you're doing, Gabriel, you're going to do it all wrong. Uh, so the, the easiest answer, find a, a probate and estate attorney. You can go to my website. You can go to handleonthelaw.com. You can start there. And uh, we, have, uh, we have very, very good attorneys there. And then they tell you everything you can do. All right? There you go. That's an easy answer. Uh, and this thing about Brazil, incidentally, is true. In my practice for the Center for Surrogate Parenting, uh, I have couples that come in, as you know, uh, I've been in surrogate parenting uh, for many, many years. And I have couples, and to start the process of our surrogacy, you pay us our retainer, and you have to put a pile of money into a trust account to begin the process of uh, the egg retrieval and implanting the embryo into the surrogate. And we need the money up front. And it goes into an account, uh, a trust account, and I have couples that come to me and literally say, you're asking us to put $100,000 into a trust account, and we barely know you. And I smile and say, oh, it's worse than that. Oh, it's far worse than that. And let me explain why. I was born in Brazil. I speak Portuguese. 
I have a lot of friends and family in Brazil. There is no extradition treaty. There's a lot of money in my trust account, which you're going to add about $100,000. Write the check. They do. No, hey, it's a negative sell. I just smile and just write the check. And they do. I don't think I've ever had anybody just walk out the door and go, oh, no. And every word of that is true, by the way, in terms of Brazil. Remember what I just said? The Copacabana Beach in Rio. Nice, nice piece of property. Brazil, great place to live. If you're a single guy, the women there are extraordinary. If you're a single woman of that ilk, the women there are extraordinary. All right, let's take another phone call. Here we go. Uh, all right, uh, Devery. Now, you got a good yes. one. Hello, Devery. Welcome. Yes, hi. Yes, Joe. ma'am. Okay. My daughter is trustee of my father's estate. He died a year and a half ago, and she has basically liquidated all of the All right. Now, she, now, is it a state or is it a trust? It is a trust. All right. So she's trustee of the trust that your yes. father left, and so she controls. Go mm-hmm. ahead. So Who are the, past 15 years, she's pretty much liquidated all properties other than the one I've been in for okay. 20 years. Who That's, are the beneficiaries under that trust? I am and my daughter and both my daughters. All right. And so have you received any money, any proceeds from 15 years? Nope. All right. So she's stolen the money. Well, the, we are named actually in this house. She's kind of had conservatorship over all the rest, although... I mean, if you... She hasn't had... It's not conservatorship. You're mixing up all these legal terms. Uh, she has had control as a trustee yes, she, of all the property that are under the trust. But if yes, you're the so beneficiary, why have you not received any money? And if she's liquidated, where is all the money gone? Well, she has spent the money other than... Uh, on what? Well, herself, trips... Okay, done, uh, done, uh, done. That's criminal. That's it. You've uh, At this point, you now have criminality there. You can yeah. you can stop talking to me right now and call the DA's office. How much money do you think she well, has stolen? Well, we're only named in this the last final property. Who is my, who are the beneficiaries with my, all the rest of the properties? Dana, it so it seems. What do you mean? She is the beneficiary of for the rest of the properties? Yes. All right, so she can liquidate all she wants. It's her money. Yeah. Okay. So So I, you are I the beneficiary. Know, supposedly okay. This property is going to be sold. Okay, hold on of- a minute. She is the trustee for the property you live in, correct? Yes. And that's the only thing that you are beneficiary of. Yes. All right. And she is going to sell the property. Yes. And I guess hand you the money. Yes, supposedly. Okay. Uh, you could probably stop it. What are the terms? Does she have complete control and can make any decision as to the yes. property you're living in? Yes. Well, uh, if she has total control, uh, you can probably, uh, she probably can do that, but has to hand you the money. Okay. We want to know about the bills. Supposedly it's being sold because he has bills, which he shouldn't have. The trust should have cleaned out the bills, should have paid the bills. His bills have to be paid for before when she sold anything. The first thing that had to be done was pay his bills. Okay. Can Do we have a right to know about those bills? Well, because yeah, because being... if, these, if she's selling the property to pay his bills, mm-hmm. then you're not the beneficiary, right? In other words, there you're going to get screwed uh, because uh, the, she is effectively stolen your money to pay his bills. How much money? We t- how much is the house worth? About five hundred thousand. All right, more. it's it's time to talk to an attorney. You want a probate and a state attorney to stop everything. Probably can 
Uh, freeze, yeah, freeze probably account. free. Yeah, freeze everything that's going mm-hmm. on while all this is going on. Yeah. All right. Jeez, uh, a little complicated, wasn't it? Conservatorship, trustee, executor. Can't mix up those words. I mean, those are real words, and they mean something. This is handle on the law. KFI handle here on a an Easter weekend. Happy Easter for those of you uh, that are the uh, Christian persuasion. And for, for those of you that are the Hebrew-American Jewish persuasion, happy Passover. And for those of you that are Muslim, uh, happy Muslim Day. I have no idea if there's a holiday today. All right, back we go. More handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. Hey, Diane, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Diane, you there? I'm here. Yes, ma'am. Question. Um, I have a few siblings that I have just found out have been asking my parents for very large sums of money. There's two of them in particular. She says sometimes it's a loan, sometimes they just ask for it. She says, oh, it's all going to come out in the end. It's all going to work out. We'll just take it out of their inheritance. My parents have, I, I, I think they're pretty well off. But unless she specifically puts something in writing, that's not going to happen. She thinks she can just go write something down, maybe have it notarized, and give it to one of us and say, this is what you need to make everything come out in the end, work out in the end. Is, is that the case? No. Can she really do that? Uh, well, the parents certainly can. Uh, whatever money they give one sibling or one or the other sibling, they can and can say uh, it comes out of the inheritance. Uh, anybody can say that on either side. It's the will that's going to control. It's the okay, will. So, sh- so they have to say, so let's say, so let's say there's $100,000 in the will, all right, in a state, hypothetically. And uh, okay. and $20,000 is taken out. Uh, you're, they borrow the money or your parents give $20,000 to a sibling. And uh, one or the other says, we'll take care of it in the end. Well, the will has to reflect the fact that uh, there's $20,000 already gone. Now, it doesn't have to state those numbers. What it does is, let's say it's 50-50. Each of you get $50,000. Well, if uh, the will recognizes or just figures out that one is going to get 50000 and the other one's going to get 30000 because they also they already took out that 20000 or question or uh, in quotes took it out. It's, a, it's simply financial. It's numerical. So right. if the parents want to say it's all going to be taken care of in the end, fine. Then they figure it out, do the numbers, and deduct whatever amount of money they've given to one sibling versus the other as, quote, in advance on the inheritance. But they have to change the will. They have to make the numbers because then it be- if it becomes 50-50 anyway under the will, that money that your uh, that the siblings got is their money. So if your parents are doing that, you tell them to change that will. What if the, the dollar amounts keep changing? Because then, I they, know then they change the will. Every time. Every time the they change. Every time they change it, uh, they okay. do a dollar amount. They have to change the will. Every time. Okay, because. That's what we're looking at is a dollar figure. Then that's it. That's the dollar figure, okay. and that's the will that has to be changed. Okay, so that's what she needs to do. That's correct. Get the will and change it. That's okay. correct. That's awesome. it. Awesome. That- Thanks so much. No problem. That's easy. You know, my daughters are always asking for advances on uh, their inheritance, and it's very easy. Uh, we sit down, Marjorie and I, and uh, we figure out the numbers, and uh, the daughter wants X number of dollars, 
and we do uh, the calculations, and then we say, not a chance. If you think we're going to give you a dime one against your inheritance, you are crazy. Because you may not have an inheritance, depending on how many tattoos you put on, depending on who you marry. You know, and we have a, an entire, uh, you know, there's, the money is broken up as to who you marry. A Jewish doctor, top of the list. Then you get the most money. And it goes all the way down uh, to some headhunter in New Guinea. Very little money. So, you know, that's simply the way it works. Uh, do we take one? Mm, yeah, we'll take one more. Uh, why not? All right, Karen. Uh, let's do this fairly quickly. Karen, what, I, what can I do for you? Hi, Bill. It's me, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you very much. I'm calling on behalf of a not-so-bright niece. She got suckered into signing up with an MLM company that sold women's tights and kind of ugly clothing. Okay. However, the company rose real fast, and then they went downhill real fast because the products were so bad. Now, she can sue in small claims court, I'm asking. But when I Google this company... I can't find that anybody's suing in small claims court. Yeah, probably because the money. Uh, probably because they don't have the money, and it's a waste of time, and they're gone broke. But she can sue. Let her sue for. Uh-huh. Is, is she what? Put five thousand dollars in. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a defense. They said uh, we had a company. Uh, she put five thousand dollars in. It didn't work out, and uh, that's the way it goes. It, people invest all the time in the in the companies, and uh, it yes. uh, you know that's the way it goes. You lost your money. I- I just wondered if I was missing something because when I do Google the information, there's a lot of pending lawsuits that the company did not live up to. Okay, what they so, said it, so, it's, a wa- and that so it's a waste of, of time. It's a waste of time, I okay, think. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, unfortunately, That's what I was yeah, unfortunately yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, uh, your niece is not so bright. Got it. I just want a multi-level marketing company selling women's clothing and tights and the stuff is garbage. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would argue uh, that that's uh, pretty bad. By the way, uh, putting $5,000 into a multi-level marketing company, usually when you do like uh, Herbalife or uh, you do Cutco or Pots and Pans or whatever, it's a few hundred dollars that is the starting kit, not $5,000. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI Handle on an Easter weekend. And uh, happy Easter for those of you as you celebrate Easter. And uh, happy Passover uh, for those of you that celebrate Passover. And a uh, happy time at Knott's Berry Farm today. Because today at Knott's, it's the Boysenberry Festival. And Neil Saavedra is uh, broadcasting his show, The Fork Report, from 2 to 5 at Knott's Berry Farm. And if you go there... And sort of break up the day and uh, go to uh, his broadcast. It'll be great fun. Uh, the Boysenberry Festival. Uh, oh, can't wait. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to get there. Uh, but, you know, the leg is still uh, driving me nuts. All right. Uh, phone numbers. Uh, we do have uh, lines open. We always do. Top of the hour. 800-520-1KFI. Uh, 800-520-1534. And uh, if you don't jump in and later email, ah, I can never get in. Uh, you know what? How about now? Does that make sense? All right. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have no case. 
All right, now we go into stupid. Actually, uh, love on a level that very few of us understand. And it has to do with this couple of which uh, the male person is in uh, jail. And uh, I think this is Birmingham, uh, Alabama. All right, so, uh, and I'm looking at a picture of the woman, a mugshot. Uh, I got to tell you, this uh, there aren't too many people that are going to fall in love with her. And uh, those that do, wow, you know, uh, you can't be cited and uh, be in love with this money. So uh, here's what's going on. Uh, you have the man who, uh, Whitney Frost, uh, is, no, sh- uh, she's uh, with Lauren Whitney Frost, Faust is the woman. Uh, the guy is Joshua Ray. And he is, uh, his, he has, is facing additional charges, already in jail, and he's coming into court. So uh, investigators receive a tip that she is going to show up in court and deliver drugs to Ray. And this is a tip, uh, the Metro Area Crime Center. And the investigators were told that the exchange was going to pl- take place in the courtroom. The exchange of her giving him drugs in the courtroom. And, of course, it goes back to jail because these are just uh, additional charges. So uh, the investigators, sheriffs, set up surveillance on the courtroom and wait for her and him to arrive. So she enters and sits near the front. He is brought in with other inmates from the jail. A short time later, Ray, he spoke with his attorney and then asks to go to the restroom. He passes in front of her. He drops his folder, bends down to pick it up, and at the same time, he is picking up a package, described as a small package, which I have some question about, that she had taped to the floor, and no one had noticed. After the exchange had taken place, she leaves the courthouse. She's arrested right there. Uh, outside the courtroom, questioned by investigators. She admits it right there, buying drugs and passing them to him in the courtroom. Now, inside the courtroom, the investigators approach him and find him trying to hide the package in his shoe, and they take the package from him. And here is the fun one. Methamphetamine, marijuana, tobacco, a lighter, rolling papers, Two syringes. How small a package can that be? It's not like a little tiny uh, folded up piece of paper with heroin or cocaine inside of it that, you know, you just, you know, these little tiny packets that you send. This is two syringes and a bunch of drugs and rolling papers. And uh, so, of course, she gets arrested. And why did she do this? For love. For love. So she's going to jail. There's a good chance she's going to be a lesbian when she gets out. Maybe. I know. You know, I can't do those jokes anymore uh, because it's, you know, never mind. I take that back. Can I still do he's going to be sodomized 15 times for the first 10 minutes? I think I can do those. All right. Uh, let's take some phone calls. Uh, McCadden, you're up first. Hey, McCadden, thanks for waiting. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Sure. I have a problem clearing my title uh, uh, to my home. Um, it was a GI loan that was fully paid off in 92. And in 1992, more... it was paid off. Yes. And now you're calling me saying there's a problem? 
it wasn't a, a problem uh, getting a loan uh, on the property. No, I understand. Until, no, I got you got a uh, VA loan, but you're yeah. telling me you paid it off in 1992. Yes. Okay. And um, the mortgage company uh, well, that uh, handled the loan, uh, they are now a subsidiary of a bank in Virginia. Okay. And I've been dealing with that bank in Virginia for the last 15 months, and they are deliberately, intentionally uh, uh, jerking right. me around, calling so, me. All right. Uh, even to the point of making false entries uh, into my right. computer file. Got it. So here's, well, I mean, uh, if you can prove that, that's even better for you. So well, now. I have, the, I have the names of three employees uh, who. Uh, all right. Are the ones uh, in the reconveyance right. department. So, got it. Hold on, hold on. So let me ask you, have you made a formal complaint to the bank? Have you written to the vice president in charge of fake entries, for example? The, the, uh... I, I did more than that. I faxed uh, uh, to the CEO. Got it. Well, the per- CEO doesn't. Yeah, I don't think that. Email to him. Yeah, I don't know if that works. Because no result. No, I understand. You probably uh, emailing to the CEO of a company that's that massive. Uh, chances are it never even got to him. What you have to do is go up the food chain. So uh, what you do is do the uh, uh, the manager of the bank. Then you go to the regional manager. Then you go and send the same facts. All you do is CC everybody all the way up. And then you call the FDIC. Uh, if it is a bank, uh, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, because they control a lot of uh, what goes on with the FDIC, uh, that uh, they have a lot of rules and regulations. Uh, and you just get to find out. Uh, there's violations up the yin-yang on this one, and you just get to do a little research and find out. You will get your reconveyance, I guarantee you. Uh, it's just, and I don't even know why they're doing that, because there's no upside. It's not like the bank is making money. I have a theory about that. And what's your theory? That, uh, that when they acquired that mortgage company, they acquired the assets and the liabilities. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But you're not an but, asset or a liability. Those those liens appear on their financial statement as a debt owed to the the bank. Wait a sec, but you have the proof that it was paid off. But on on the financial statement, their picture looks better than it really is. It, well, okay, that's a, that's not your that's a not your problem. Okay, that's your theory, and I don't know if that flies or not. But uh, it's it's kind of bizarre where they're taking a mortgage that was paid off. Uh, in uh, 1992, and all of a sudden, and has it, I'm assuming that it has been where you owe the money, and it is a an asset uh, where it's an account receivable uh, that you have for all of these years, and you've never collected, and they never asked for a dime from you. So how can they not have a non-performing loan, which has to be written off after a period of time? You cannot keep a non-performing loan for 30 years. I mean, you just can't do it. Uh-huh. That's why you want to do the complaint. That's a strange one. Really. I mean, I, 30 years, we're now talking about it. All right, Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. Good morning, Bill. Yes. Our uh, adult son is getting out of the military in a couple months. Outside of having uh, an umbrella policy, is there a benefit to having him sign a lease if he's living here to kind of limit our liability? There is no, no, it doesn't limit your liability for uh, from him signing a lease. It, it does nothing other than guarantee he pays a rent uh, for a period mm-hmm. of time. 
And if he's not willing to sign a lease and you say, then get out. We're not interested in having you move in with us and you negotiate the rent. You haven't signed a lease. Uh, it's uh, in terms of uh, limiting liability. That doesn't limit any liability. Okay. All right. Are you going to charge? So, are you going to charge them rent? Um, it would have been something minimal, but what I'm concerned about is like uh, he goes out and crashes into somebody. No, no, my God, he's an adult. He's a, no, us. no, he's an adult and he's paying you rent. Yeah. No, 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 he's an adult. Okay. Yeah, there's no liability. I mean, even if you lived at home. Yeah. yeah. My daughter, who has been, uh, frankly, uh, and the only way I can possibly describe my my daughters, uh, both legally and uh, morally and emotionally, is they're both liabilities. Financially, certainly. And, uh, but if they crash a car, eh, you know, it's their problem. Uh, their issue is their issue. This is Handle on the Law. I got no rules, I count them. This is uh, KFI Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning right until 11 o'clock. I didn't know it was Transgender Day today. Uh, Julie Slater just told us it's uh, Transgender Day. So it's Easter weekend, it's Passover, and Transgender Day all combined. Quite a weekend, isn't it? Also, uh, today, starting at 2 o'clock, it'll be the Fork Report. uh, Neil is broadcasting at Knott's Berry Farm. It's the Boysenberry Festival. And of all the days you may want to go to Knott's, today is it. Because not only do you get the park, of course, but the broadcast from uh, 2 to 5 o'clock uh, right there inside the park for Boysenberry, the Boysenberry Festival. By the way, did you know what Knott's uh, invented the Boysenberry? It came out of that place, little stand. All right, uh, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. All right, Paul, uh, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thanks. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was terminated from an employer because they accused me of using the company credit card to put gasoline in my, at that time, girlfriend's car. That never happened, but they still fired me. It's a right-to-work state. Fast forward four years from there. I had been working for the federal government for just shy of one year. And in my background investigation, it came up that I had been accused of theft. And I denied it, vehemently denied it. Um, I was terminated regardless. Fast forward four years from there, working for the federal government once again. And seven days short of my one year, um, came back on my background investigation again that all the way back from those the, the first incident that I had been terminated for theft, even though the employer had no proof that I did it. Right. So my the question is, is there any recourse of action? Oh, sure. Sure. First of all, uh, one, you asked for an appeal on that termination instantly because okay. simply an accusation, a non-proved accusation uh, that cannot preclude you. They can't use that, just an accusation. I mean, theoretically they can, but man, tell me you can't appeal that. If I'm on the appeals board, people get accused of stuff all day long. I mean, you have to have, uh, especially when you vehemently uh, denied it. Now, there's no way to, for you to disprove it because you can't, uh, you can't prove a negative. But how did they know that you were stealing from uh, using that credit card unless they have, for example, a, uh, they have the receipt, 
and they somehow uh, have the pump number and your girlfriend's uh, car there, if they have a picture and a video or, a, let's say, a photo, and it, it's uh, time-tested uh, uh, where it's uh, you have the time on it and the pic. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, they would oh. have to go the, – the way to prove that would be ridiculous. It would be a, a full forensic investigation for them to prove that. So right. I, I, think you have a, I think you have recourse. I really do. Okay, yeah, my, the big question is because uh, my girlfriend, which is now my spouse, actually worked for the same company as me. No, no, time. all she does, I get it, but all she does is deny it too. Okay. She and denies then, it, you deny it, and they accuse you of it. And your argument now, is they wanted to fire you, so that's the excuse they used. Right, and it's really hurt me financially because I've had two fantastic Yeah, of course jobs. it has, of course. And so what you get to do is you appeal it, and uh, you're in front of an appeals panel. Okay. And uh, you bring in your girlfriend saying that's just not true, or now your wife. It's simple, although I don't know if you're going to believe her because obviously, uh, you know, she's a touch biased. Uh, but the argument is there is zero proof. It was an accusation, nothing more. And they were looking for an excuse. Uh, that's it. All right. Uh, no, we lost John there. It's a pretty good call. All right. Uh, there. Oh, there's John. Hello, John. Welcome. John, are you Doug. there? Yes. This, this is Doug. Oh, I'm sorry, Doug. Sir, Mr. Handel, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, my apartment house has a Dropbox where you put the mail order, mail, uh, what do you call it, mail, money order, in the Dropbox. And somebody reached in and stole all the money orders out of the Dropbox and cashed them. Now my... Uh, apartment house is the they're asking me to pay twice yeah yeah that's, and i don't have the money no that's a problem that's a problem first of all why a money or why a money order they requested it wow it was either that or a credit card and i didn't have a credit card at the time yeah uh yeah and they won't accept a check even a certified check from the bank made uh, out they, made they, out to yeah. uh the company uh, at the time, they there. I got a credit card now, so it's not an issue anymore. Um, so it, but it was back in October, and they said that they will handle the uh, Western Union back and forth. Then they came back to me last month and said, "You have to deal with it." Yeah, it's, no, I get it. It's it's a real problem, which is why you know I never I would never pay uh, with a money order. Uh, yeah. The worst thing you do is pay with a certified check, which they're going to say, oh, you can't stop payment on a certified check. Yes, you can, actually. Also, well, you can I trace Yeah, you can trace it down. Sorry. So there's no proof that you, unless you're able to prove that uh, someone uh, stole it. But here's the problem. Then, then the issue yeah. is, is it was the money in their control or your control? And if you can prove for that someone has stolen it, and uh, that's I assume that's fairly easy to prove. Just get the information from the people you uh, bought the money order from. And the argument is I put it in the Dropbox. Now, they're going to say you didn't put it in the Dropbox. Uh, but if you're able to trace it back saying here is my purchase and it's made out to your company. I did. Uh, well, I think you have an argument that you made the pay- payment because you gave them the check. And then they lost the check because it was their Dropbox. That's what my question. Is it in their possession? Or is that's it the, possession that's what I would argue. That, why don't you just go in the office and hand it to them, though? Oh, though, and that's a question I have. It was 
It was over the weekend when I put it in there. It was, uh, and it was due yeah. by that day. Wow. So it's, it yeah. No, I get it. It's it just, one, just a, it's one bad yeah, luck after another. I mean, that just, yeah, so now really. you, the argument you're going to have is number one, can you prove you bought it? Uh, and uh, number two, uh, who's, uh, whose property was that? Well, who's, who had the possession? And I think there's an argument saying, I put it in your Dropbox. Here's the proof. I paid for it. Here's the day I bought it. Uh, here's the amount. And it was made out to you. And so now where do you go? All right, uh, let me tell you about Simply Safe Home Security. I'm a huge fan, and I'll tell you how far Simply Safe actually goes. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is still there. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe Home Security still there and ready. Uh, if someone destroys your keypad or siren, someone breaks in, Simply Face Safe still gets you the help you need. Now, of course, that's total overkill, but that says something about what this company is about. And Simply Safe Home Security, based on what it does, could cost a lot of money. It doesn't. Uh, they only charge you what's fair, surprisingly affordable. And you install it, incidentally. It's very easy to install. It took me literally half an hour to install my daughter's uh, system in her condo. And I can't even deal with a thermostat. And they only charge uh, for 24-7 uh, professional security, uh, $14.99 a month, and no contracts and no other fees. Obviously, I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know. And if you're looking for home security, uh, this is extraordinary stuff. Please check it out. Go to simplysafehandle.com, simplysafehandle.com. Protect your home, protect your family, simplysafehandle.com. This is Handle on the Law. KFI Handle here, and uh, a good morning on a Saturday, uh, Transgender Day, I do believe. Also, uh, Easter weekend, uh, Passover, all falling in the same uh, couple of days. And happy to everybody. Uh, and uh, here are our, oh, and Neil Saavedra broadcasting today at Knott's Berry Farm, Boysenberry Festival. Okay. Phone numbers. We actually have a couple lines open. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. All right, there you are, John. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, thank you. Uh, I have a problem with, uh, I was speaking at a conference in uh, Germany, Frankfurt, Germany, uh, from a U.K. company that asked me to speak. And they were going to pay my airfare, but they've never paid my airfare. I filled out their expense forms, did everything. I've sent it to them two or three times. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. First of all, what were you what were you speaking about, incidentally? Uh, information technology. I did uh, one session on, on cloud technology and one section on... All right, I see, yeah, that's enough. So high tech. All right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm assuming there's a written agreement where uh, they said we will pay for your airfare, right? I mean, they always yeah, do. Yeah, got that in an email. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've spoken at, uh, well, I used to speak at uh, fertility conferences and medical conferences all over the place, too. And uh, the same thing, we'll pay for your airfare. Uh, the difference is I was fairly lucky because every organization that uh, offered me money, in fact, paid uh, my airfare and covered my expenses. Uh, now, uh, you certainly have a case. How much was your airfare? Uh, just under $1,000. Okay. And the company is a U.K. company. Yes. And uh, they don't have any um, any business connections or an office or anything uh, in the state you live in? I cannot find yeah, one. Yeah, good no. luck. Good luck. You just sucked up uh, $1,000, uh, which I think is deductible. Uh, and so whatever tax uh, bracket you're in, I think it's deductible. 
If you're in the, uh, let's say, 40% tax bracket, you're out of, uh, it costs you $600 to go there. I mean, okay, there's not, yeah. Yeah, it's just not worth it. What I'm telling you uh, is just not worth it. I mean, to collect $1,000 is crazy making. Okay. Did you get any business? Did your, uh, did your reputation increase substantially by going there? Well, uh, it's added to my speaking resume. Okay. Now All I'm an right. international speaker versus okay. just in the U.S. All right. So if someone came up to you and said, uh, John, tell you what. Uh, you pay me $1,000, and I'm going to increase your reputation so you're going to be an international speaker. Would you pay me 1000 bucks for it? I could probably do that. Okay. Just, it would work. I guess you just have to think in those terms, John. Yeah, yeah that's what I've been doing. Bill. Yeah, there's no way around it. I mean, it's just not, sometimes it's just not worth it. You've got screwed. Uh, there's clearly a breach. There are a bunch of jerks. Uh, but to collect is uh, is just not worth it. And the good news, it didn't cost you $2,000. The good news is you didn't go business class, which has cost you several thousand dollars. Well, the good part is I took my son, who's a cybersecurity major, as an employee oh. of my little company, and oh. I wrote his expenses oh. off, and he got so, to so that's a few a, slides on security. So that's a win-win. It really is. So uh, based on everything you've done, I think it's even worth $1,000. George. Hi, George. Yes, George, you there? So, yes. Yeah, I'm here. All right. So I was uh, admitted to the hospital earlier this week. And um, long story short, the doctor came in and told me that I had HIV. Okay. Which was completely wrong. Um, I did not have HIV. It was a person in another room. It's the lovely. nurse had to come in and correct. Okay. The, how, the, the nurse. How long was it between uh, the, the misdiagnosis of HIV when someone told you, oh, no, 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 you don't have HIV. Um, so the nurse came in like a couple minutes later after he heard all the ruckus, and he was like, what's going on? And then uh, we told him, like, he's saying that I have HIV. All right. And the nurse said, no, you, you okay. don't have HIV. So that was, that was a couple minutes later, right? Right. All right. So uh, it's fair to say that uh, you were under tremendous emotional trauma uh, when you're told oh, yeah. you have HIV. I still am. No, I, yeah. what do you mean it's still there? You don't have it. No, no, I said I'm still under, I still, I still get worked up about it. Okay, no, I understand you do. So uh, here's what happens. I mean, total mis, uh, malpractice, and now we talk about damages. Uh, so uh, let's say you're in front of a jury, okay, or I'm on the jury, and I hear George uh, talk about, oh, my God, God, he was told he had HIV. Uh, oh, my God, what does that do to your psyche? And when was it straightened out? Two minutes later. Mm-hmm. Come on. But, I mean, isn't it like a HIPAA violation or something like that? No, it's no, it's not. Practice. No, it's not a HIPAA violation. All it is is uh, they gave you the wrong information. And they gave you information that is horrible uh, mm-hmm. saying that you had uh, HIV. I get it. And it's tremendous. It's traumatic. It's two right. minutes. It's two minutes. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it, it, I was sharing a room with somebody else. I, you would think it's some type of privacy law that they would have to. Yes. Were you? Were there? Did other people? Did other people, uh, in fact, uh, hear that? Was there? Were there two people yes, in the yeah, room? My, my, yeah. You did it. My family. Okay. My All right. Family then. was there, and then a stranger was there. Okay. So that is a HIPAA violation. Uh, and okay, there's that's no what I'm calling for. Yeah. That. Now I don't know how much money you get for a HIPAA violation. And uh, that's statutory, I think. You can talk, you can certainly talk to a, uh, a medical malpractice attorney and see what you get. Because you do have emotional damage for two minutes. Uh, maybe you can argue you're still totally shook up about it. How, how long ago did this happen, by the way, George? 
Um, earlier this week. Okay. Oh, so it just happened. All right. And um, and are you going to a shrink to deal with the trauma you had for two minutes? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. If you don't no, go to no, a shrink, there is no emotional trauma. You can't just okay. say, oh, my God, I'm still emotionally, uh, dramatically traumatized. You can't do that. So okay, uh, you so got. I see somebody? Or yeah, I yeah, see yeah. You can. I, I would. Yeah, because you have a HIPAA violation. And I would argue that even those two minutes puts you in a position that, my God, you're still sort of traumatized. But you're not seeing a shrink. So you can't. Uh, there's no way to have someone up there, a professional saying, oh, yeah, uh, George is truly traumatized. And it, uh, but it was only two minutes. Yeah, but it's still, it may only be two minutes. But many of that, what that two minutes did to him is uh, it's going to take a long time to unravel that. But you need a, you know what? Go to a, uh, one's a med mal case, one's a HIPAA violation. I would go to a med mal attorney to see if there's anything there. Okay. All right. I would try it and go to the website and you can do that. Handle on law.com. And you could ask people that uh, have had medical malpractice issues. But, you know, that two minutes business. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about that, frankly. All right. uh, Let's take a break. This is Handle on the Law. KFI Handle here as uh, we finish this hour of Handle on the Law. Uh, Coming up right after the show, Leo Laporte. Neil Saavedra today broadcasting from Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, That's where the Fork Report's going to be. And of all the days you can go to Knott's, today is the day you want to. You'll see the broadcast from 2 to 5. You have to ask where he's doing it in the park someplace. And uh, it's the Boysenberry. It's the Boysenberry Festival. All right, a lot going on, and it's Easter weekend, and uh, happy Easter, happy Passover, happy uh, transgender folks. Uh, today's transgender day. All right, back we go. More handle on the law, marginal legal advice. All right, Kay, uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. You're up. Yes, um, I am in the midst of taking care of my father who has uh, developing dementia. He's at home. I'm uh, one of the um, beneficiaries and one of the uh uh, on his will, but my problem is I have a couple of siblings that um, always are trying to get at the pocketbook. Okay, and you want to know what to do about it? Yes, sir. All right. So, how demented is your dad with dementia? Uh, he's just at the beginning stages, you know. I mean, he. Um, All right. It's not. Yeah, I'm lucky enough that I'm trying to keep him at home as okay. long as possible. Does, does he know that he is starting to be demented? Okay, if you went to him and said, Dad, I want to protect everything, uh, do you mind if we go into court and I become your conservator where I can control okay. the money? What would he say? Um, well, I'm still trying to work on the power of attorney issue. He has power to, of attorney um, isn't going to do a whole lot. Okay. Not in these circumstances. What you want is a conservatorship. You want, okay, it, awesome. you want it rock solid. So now, my question is, if you went to your dad, let me repeat that, would he allow you, would he consent to you being the conservator? Um, It's going to take a little convincing, I'm sure. All right, so here's, uh, if you can't, uh, again, he has to give you the power of attorney. Exactly, and he, um, I'm going uh, with the banker down who he respects for 30 years. Got it, and so you want to talk to the banker saying it'd be safer if I had a conservatorship uh, if the okay. banker trusts you and the banker knows that the siblings are trying to go, go after the money, uh, then you, uh, I think you're okay. 
I think awesome. you, can, you can stop. You can be in total control. And if that's the case, you want to trust an estate lawyer uh, to give you a conservatorship. Uh, that's by far the best okay. way to go. Yeah, it, it's interesting. My mom, uh, my brother and I are both going after my mother's money. And it's a very interesting fight that we're having. Uh, now, there's two problems. Uh, number one, we're both not very good at it. My mother has no money at all. So it's a it's a big spin there. Uh, but we're trying. We're still trying. Uh, oh, as about, only as an exercise in trying to screw each other over. Uh, we have spent a lifetime doing that. Oh, yes. Oh, Decker. Interesting case. Hello, Decker. Welcome. Good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, I, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I got a question for you. Uh, I, I, would, I was on a uh, Greyhound bus moving out to California, San Bernardino, and the bus was running, like, really, really late. And they dropped me off at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and the terminal was closed down. So they dropped me off with, with my suitcase, and it was dark, and, 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 and everything was shut down. But anyways, I got, I got robbed and, and mugged. Mm. And it was, and it was, a, and I'm assuming it was a very sketchy area, right? Oh, oh, it was scary. Okay, uh, that now this gets interesting. Are they responsible for you being mugged? Normally, uh, intervening criminal acts stop uh, most liability, almost all liability, uh, unless it's foreseeable. And this one, and this is all back to law school, where if you have foreseeable acts, and there may very well be liability. I would, you know what? I would argue there is liability there. Uh, because well, the, thing, the thing is, is, there was a guy at, at the front desk, and I was knocking on the door, and he wouldn't open up. Oh, yeah. Then I think that the more you go into it, the, this story, I would say the, the bigger the liability. Now, they're going to lie and say, uh, no, there was no one knocking on the door because no one is going to take responsibility uh, because that's a fireable offense as far as I'm concerned, especially if the guy saw you get off the bus. Uh, then, well, the, then there's no issue, but he's going to deny it. And uh, even if the had, bus driver dropped me off, no, I get it. I understand. But uh, the bus driver dropped you off. All I'm saying is it would add to your story if you could prove that you went to the guy at the desk inside the room and he wouldn't open the door and talk to you at all. That just yeah, I adds. I couldn't even get in the door. And, and you know what? The, the most embarrassing part was it was four women with, with knives that, 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 that mugged me. That's not embarrassing. That's four women with knives. Well, it could it could have been it could have been four midgets with knives. I know, and, but it was very scary. And of course, it was scary. Are you kidding? In a sketchy area by yourself with your suitcase, one o'clock in the morning, and four people show up with knives. In of San course, Bernardino. of course, it was scary. You're lucky you're not dead. In San Bernardino. Well, I mean, San Bernardino I, doesn't I, mean I much. It could be. I was getting into. It could I be. It. I, I got it. Well, I would talk uh, the mugging, etc. Yeah, I would at least talk to a personal injury attorney to see if anything's there. Uh, because it, uh, the issue is, yeah, I would, uh, because there's enough there to at least talk. There are some issues as to, did they know your, uh, the door? I like the door part the best, where the, they drop you off, uh, someone in the door, you don't know, uh, they're running real late, the, uh, bus, uh, the bus station is closed. If it was closed, uh, what door were you looking at that someone was there uh, that ignored you? At the front entrance. Yeah. Oh, oh, because it was locked up. Well, wait a minute. But you were already in the bus terminal, weren't you? Doesn't that you're telling me you got off the bus? Yeah. And then everything was everything was locked. They drop you off outside. And And then the bus and then the bus just takes off. Yeah. And how many people? How many people were dropped off with you? 
It just it was just me and, and my friend. We it was just me and my friend. All right, and you were both and you were both uh, mugged. Yes. Hmm. Yes. No, yes. I get it. No, I get our it. Luggage, our luggage was taken. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, you know what? I'd argue. Yeah, there's some liability there. I really do. I don't know what they could have done uh, because that's their argument. What do we do? Do we put them up in a hotel? Uh, do we leave someone there? I mean, the but we were, and, and we had to wait until the next morning. You know, I know where'd you go? Where'd you go for the night? Behind a dumpster. We <laughs> had to hide behind a dumpster. Yeah, no. Oh, that's a tough one. You know what? I would talk to a personal injury lawyer, sort of a wobbler. I mean, it's how much like it. The whole thing is liability, obviously, on their part. And uh, it's uh, boy, there's a lot of water to navigate on this one for sure. Good story. I mean, truly a good story. No, that's worth it. You know, him getting mugged, four women with knives, taking everything, forcing him to uh, sleep behind a dumpster. Yeah. You know, that's worth it for uh, us to have a, a little bit of entertainment, don't you think? Yeah. By the way, the IRS just released their annual Dirty Dozen list of tax scams. And uh, no surprise, phone scams top the list. Now, in the most common scam, and we've talked about this so much, callers pose as IRS representatives. They tell taxpayers they owe money and they have to pay. Like right now, I'll give you an account. You have to buy an Amazon card and send it to us. And if you don't pay, you're subject to punishment, including arrest. And uh, you would think that that is a total scam. And, of course, it is easy to tell. The problem is they're so good at what they do uh, that a lot of people, uh, in fact, are susceptible and do buy it. So, so many threats in today's connected world. It takes one weak link for criminals to get in. So let me tell you about a company that I have been a customer of for uh, over a decade, and it's LifeLock. The new LifeLock identity theft protection adds the power of Norton Security, the antivirus people, to help protect you against threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or even fix on your own. And if you have a problem with your identity, their agents will work to fix it. Now, no one stops every cyber threat or can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, monitor every transaction, every business. But give yourself the best protection that I know, and that's the new LifeLock with Norton Security, uh, uncovering threats you might otherwise miss. Go to LifeLock.com, use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your first year. LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE, or call 800-LIFELOCK, the promo code HANDLE, 800-LIFELOCK, promo code Handle. This is Handle on the Law. Saturday morning, uh, followed by Leo Laporte at 11 o'clock, 11 to 2, the Neil Saavedra, the one and only Neil Saavedra with a fork report. Always fun, all things food, and uh, Neil and I have lunch at least once a week where he always takes pictures of the food. I've always, I, I just dive into mine. 
right? I'm like a rabid dog. You throw a steak in front of him on the ground. Uh, Neil, you know, he's snapping a picture. He puts it on his website. And I'm talking about, you know, we go to Denny's, for example, and they'll take a picture of the toast. I mean, just very strange stuff. And uh, right after Neil uh, is, uh, Neil's on from 2 to 5. At 6, Mo Kelly from 6 to 8. Then Monique Marvez uh, from 8 to 10. And then it is Brian Suits with the Dark Secret Place. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right. Uh, How long have we been talking about how dangerous it is to text, uh, to be on the phone? Uh, Not only while driving, I mean, that's a given, but we're getting story after story of how many pedestrians are now getting hit in crosswalks or starting to cross the street, not looking at the light looking at their phone, texting, watching what's going on, uh, doing an email. And, of course, the, the death rate and the injury rate has exploded. So uh, in Southern California, there's a city, Montclair, lovely little city. Uh, it's just each of, east of Pomona, which is east of Los Angeles. And the city just passed a law saying pedestrians... Cannot text, talk on the phone, or listen to music or podcasts even with two earbuds while they're in a crosswalk. Uh, City manager Edward Starr said uh, that youth, the youth, admitted uh, they're all distracted by the cell phones. And she looked at the national stats. So this was an easy one. And so she said, this is what we can do. Now, the penalties are almost nothing. First-time offenders will get a warning. Uh, authorities will start giving out tickets in a few months. The penalty for an infraction is a $100 fine. But uh, to give you an idea of pedestrian fatalities, uh, I mean, this is crazy how much it's gone up over the last seven years. 9% increase from year to year uh, from last year. And for the last two years, it's been a 22% increase. Pedestrians killed. And how many of them you think were using texts, using their cell phone? I mean, look at how many accidents teenagers have gotten into simply by texting. You've seen those uh, videos, horrible videos, people taking selfies. And the next thing you know, it goes blank. Why? Because they've gotten into a head-on crash and everybody in the car has died. So good news for the city of Montclair. And I think you're not going to be the first one, that's for sure. I think it's uh, you're starting a national uh, campaign, and I think it's wonderful. All right, let's go ahead and take some phone calls. Carolyn. Yes, hi, Bill. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Okay, my husband had um, a problem at Home Depot. He was loading up his truck, and he had those those corners for like the um, the walls. They're big, long sheets of metal. I don't know if you know, like bullnose corners. Anyway, they're really sharp and long, and he was loading them into his truck. And he actually reached over and sliced his arm, and it, it hit his tendon. He was out of work for a couple weeks, a couple months. And is there permanent? Re- is there permanent damage? No, it's fixed now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the tendon was repaired and everything. And we actually talked to Home Depot, and we're not so concerned about maybe Home Depot as maybe like the manufacturing, as far as like the packaging. Pack- well, I, I'm a little there. confused as to I, I'm confused as to what he sliced his arm on was it the sheet metal that he was buying yes okay and it was and it was sliced it sliced it was it exposed oh yeah okay here's the problem sheet metal is sharp 
Yeah. I mean, but the very nature of sheet metal, I mean, do you make it so dull as you can't use it? Right. So there's your problem. That's like saying uh, I got cut by a knife. And yeah. uh, therefore, well, usually the knives are packaged. You right, know no, I understand, but like how credit. do you? But how do you package a big honking piece of sheet metal, especially yeah, when they have to, especially to when they have it. to cut it? I don't think there's yeah. much there. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, you I can, didn't think so, probably. But either, you can send but... the bill. You can send the bill to them. Did you have to pay yeah. out of pocket for medical? You know, what's funny is his company actually just paid. You know, we had gone on disability, and then the company paid what they didn't pay, like his his own company. So there really wasn't that. How much money is he out of pocket? How much money is he out of pocket? Maybe like five hundred dollars. There's your lawsuit for the copay. Yeah, that's probably it. And he's a really good tennis player. He was playing tournaments, so he's not. He didn't get to do that. You know, there's, well, there's, it's, it's not really well, monetary, it, too. Uh, yeah, you can't. I mean, how much is it worth to not play tennis I for know. a while? I You're know. on the jury. What are you going to give to someone who hasn't played tennis for a while? Uh, and you say, how, how much? Let me ask you a question. How um, did he lose any time from work, or was he, did he still get his full salary? He got his full salary. It was funny because, well, he's a director, and they would not let him go to work, though. It was frustrating for him because, you know, he couldn't get his job done because they didn't want anything to happen did while he, he was there. Did he lose any money? No. Okay. Well, there's your answer. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. I know. What do you do? You you want – I'm frustrated. I want something to happen. That damn sheet metal. Eh, well, you know, don't do sheet metal. Hire someone that does sheet metal. You know, I, I, I never have to worry about – uh, sheet metal cutting me because you want to know something? I don't do sheet metal. If I want sheet metal done, you know what I do? I call a sheet metal guy. Eric. Hello, Eric. Yes. Yes, hello. sir. Yes. I am uh, entering a mediation meeting for uh, a lawsuit that I have in a couple of weeks. My question is uh, some help with some possible blind spots I might be missing and or some phrasing. Because I'm uh, going to go ahead and settle. Yeah, how much are we talking about? How much money are we talking about, Eric? Well, really, this is uh, the case is easily a fifty to thousand dollar case. How much? But, how uh, much money are you going to talk about in terms of settling? About twenty, because the insurance policy right. is a car accident case. The insurance policy is tiny, and the person has no assets. All right, twenty thousand dollars that you are paying or you are getting. Oh, I'm the plaintiff. Yeah, the other person is 100% okay. responsible in the car accident. All right. So, uh, and, and there is $20,000 to write you a check? Uh, pardon me? There is $20,000 on the table. In other words, if you settle it, you will get $20,000? Exactly. You know, they'll write you a check. Yeah, the insurance company. The insurance company All right. wants out. And, I got it. Case. Got it. So, uh, and you want to know what the phrasing should be. Well, they're going well, to write. Let me tell you, it's more specific than that. Not just general phrasing. You with me? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I was going to, even with general phrasing, I'm going to still answer the question even before you okay. ask the question. And that is, buy an hour of time. Buy an hour of time from an attorney. Take the settlement, take the uh, the agreement, and then t- take it to a personal injury attorney or a litigation attorney and say, does this document work? And actually, I've been thinking about that. Yeah, that's what yeah. you have to do. You uh, you need a consultation on this one when you're talking that much money. I mean, that's I even, you know, I'm practicing law for a long time. Not very well, I might add. But uh, I would do that. I would call yeah. up my attorney, but the good news is, is he wouldn't charge me because I'd kill him. 
The bad news is you get to write a check, but you still have to do it. I mean, there's no question about it at all. This is Handle on the Law. is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Welcome back for Marginal Legal Advice. Uh, Brenda. Hey, Brenda. Welcome to the show. Yes, Bill. Um, we closed a bank account several years ago. Opened up a new account, new bank. Didn't realize we'd left a check out for about $100. Now we're getting a collection agency calling daily for an amount over $900. Well, let me, uh, when you talk about writing a check, uh, when? how long ago did you write the check? Weeks, months, years ago? How long? Uh, the, we closed the account back in either 06 or 07, so it was written about that time. Oh, all right. So you're way over the four years. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Just say, hey, you know what? Statute is run, and uh, you can go pound sand and say, quit, quit bothering me. And you use the word harassment. You are harassing me. Send them an email. Send them a letter saying you are harassing me. If you have a problem, take me to court. And they can't because you're over the statute. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. I wouldn't worry can about they that. Still ding my credit. No, oh, they can try. But what happens is if they do ding your credit, knowing that the statute has passed, well, the problem is uh, it, they can ding your credit, and it, because that has nothing to do with the fact they can't sue you. Okay. Uh, but you know what? For yeah, I know they, they can do that, but they usually don't. Just tell them, hey, the statute is running. If they threaten to ding your credit, uh, then you start talking to them. I mean, it's just no fun. It really isn't. Uh, there's, okay. no, there's no easy way out of it. I hate the way they do that. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Uh, Manuel. Yes, ha- Bill. Yes. Quick question. Yes. My, my, the, first of all, it's good to talk to you. Yes, it uh, is. My wife had a root canal. And as uh, as the dentist was, you know how they with the file, yeah, put going down the, the 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 canal, the tip broke off. And okay, and it's still embedded, and, and he left it in there. He can't get to it. He can't get to it. And he says, uh, "Well, he says I just can't get to it. You're just gonna have to live with it, and we don't know if it's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen." Well. I mean, clearly they can get to it. It's just a question of surgery. So when you see a periodontist, I mean, they can clearly get to it if they have to go from the bottom, if they have to go through the jaw. I mean, I'm, I'm not a dentist, although I play one on radio. Uh, the, the problem is it could be no harm, no foul. I mean, clearly uh, it's malpractice. It may even be a defect of uh, the, uh, the dental instrument itself. It may not be his fault at all. It could be that it was just a simply defective um, tool that he used. But I, I almost think you have to wait to see if there's any damage. Uh, I, I, certainly it's worth a consultation, uh, and you don't want to listen to this dentist. You want to go to another dentist and say, hey, what, what are the chances here? If a dentist says, you know what, there's, it's, it's no big deal. It just simply stays there, and it doesn't do much. 
Uh, that's one issue, still malpractice. But if they say you've got to get it out, uh, then you've got yourself a malpractice case. And if it turns out that uh, it's not his fault, let him sue the manufacturer of the device. So there it is. The problem is lawyers aren't going to jump on this one because there's really no money for them. So it could be a small claims uh, suit where you find out from another dentist uh, how much it's going to cost to remove it. Remember, you have up to $10,000 you can sue for. So um, it's uh, I, I doubt he's going to sit there and try to justify that it wasn't his fault that a dental tool broke off in your wife's tooth or in her root. So uh, here, bottom line, what do you do with that one? Well, you have to do it on your own because dentists simply or uh, lawyers simply don't do that. There just isn't enough money, even though it's a good case. All right, Bert. Hey, Bert. Yeah, Bert, you're on. Yes. Uh, Question is, is the graphic content disclaimer that is displayed by networks on television prior to uh, their uh, broadcasting any graphic material, is that mandatory by law or is that something that... You're talking uh, about, I'm, I'm reading the computer because you're talking about Miley's performance. Uh, without the MPAA warning. Let me ask you, was that a live performance? Did they carry that live? I thought it was live, yeah. Okay, if it's live, how do you have, how do they know what she's going to do? Well, I mean, they should know what they're talking They is, should though. know what someone is going to do. Very good. Bert, what am I going to do? Or Bart, what am I going to do next? Because you obviously think that live performances, you should have warning. So what, 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 what do you do now? Because you have no idea what I'm going to do in the next 30 seconds. Hey, Bill, these things are rehearsed prior to that being Doesn't matter. You, have, n- you, have no, you know for a fact that it was rehearsed that way, and you know for a fact that uh, she intended to make that kind of obscene gesture, which I didn't think particularly was obscene, but let's say people were offended. Uh, boy, how do you prove that? I thought, I thought maybe, you know, this, this thing was advertised as such. It, it was wasn't. Advertised a, what, but wait a sec. How do they know that she was going to do what she does in a live performance? I don't know how that's do right. You have no matter. idea. So, Bart, let me how tell you. Hold on. And you remember I told you, uh, how do you know what I'm going to do in the next 30 seconds? Because you don't know. Right. I'm going to hang up on right. you. And you probably didn't guess that, did you? So, therefore, I should have warned you at the beginning of the conversation I was going to hang up on you. Which I just did. But after the fact, there was no MPAA warning. This is Handle on the Law. Yeah, we might be a candle in the wind. But let's pretend we're brand girls. Sweet Caroline, free fall of smoke till Saturday night. Before you lose that love and feeling. Let's go dancing on the ceiling. Keep on living that teenage dream. Paradise City where the grass is green. Pretty soon you'll be This is... KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here, and welcome back to Handel on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Eugene! Hello, Eugene. Oh, hi, Bill. I'm hoping you can help my, uh, my family out of a big jam. All right, let me try. All right. Um, 
We uh, built a custom home and a second dwelling. Um, we put all our life savings into it. And before we built it, we checked if the properties in the San Marcos, which is in San Diego County uh, School District, and the county said, yes, you are. The school district said, yes, you are. We paid our compliance fees to San Marcos School District. Everything was good. Now our granddaughter, who lives in the second dwelling, is ready to go to school. And guess what? We're in the neighboring school district, Escondido. And I go, what happened? And I go, well, your address and your neighbors go to San Marcos School District, but your parcel property is in, is in Escondido School District. So, you know, all, all yeah. our dreams just went down the tube. Yeah, and, here. I, and here's the problem. Who do you sue? Yeah, the school district told me. Who is it? No, um, no. The school district didn't tell you. Someone at the school district told you. The one that I paid the fees for. You paid it to signed it. off on it. All right. An individual told you. Was it a verbal tell yes, you? Individual. Was it a verbal? Um, it's verbal and the paper. It's verbal and the paperwork I signed said San Marcos School District. You All know, right. the check and everything went to them. You know, that gets to be an interesting case. What are the damages, though? See, the only. The damages. The damages is um, my grandchild has special needs, and I really need her in the San Marcos School District. So and they don't have. If I have to move. Wait if a second. I have to move to San Marcos. Yeah, but hang on a minute. Hold on a second. Yeah. Number one, yeah. you're saying that uh, the school district that you're in does not have the ability to give your special needs student the special needs help that he that she needs. Correct. At all. Uh, and how is it? Well, the, so, so, somewhat. So, so, somewhat, but not as good as the, the other school district. Right. And who's, making, and who's making that call that it's not as good? Um, from everybody else I heard. Yeah, well, um, uh, no, that's hearsay. Uh, what proof? I, I'm going to go ahead with this and assuming you're going to go ahead and somehow be able to blame someone. Now, what kind of proof do you bring to the table to say that that school district doesn't do the same job as the other school district in special needs? They're not going to just take your word for it, Eugene. Right. And you can't say, well, I heard from various people. Uh, the one thing that I know is they, they put special needs kids in special needs where she, she where the San Marcos School District allows them to interact. She's got Down syndrome, and they're able to interact with regular children. That's the advantage program that San Marcos has. All right, and now and now the, the question and now the question becomes uh, that one is worse than the other. And uh, you better come up with some real solid proof, which I don't think you're going to be able to, because any evidence that you can present that says, and by the way, we're not even going to the place where I don't know if you can even sue, but that's besides the point. I just want to keep on going with this because it's such an interesting issue in terms of proof. And that is whatever proof you can bring that says that it's much better to have kids being mainstreamed uh, in one district, they're going to come up with a proof saying, no, it's not. And you get to pay for all the forensic experts. And uh, these people are not cheap. You, I, I got you on that. Yeah, but, it's, but still, it's, it was a total misrepresentation. No, I understand. I get that. I get. No, I understand it was a total misrepresentation. But you have to connect the dots. Because it was a total misrepresentation, therefore, my granddaughter uh, is not going there. My granddaughter lives with me. We built the house because of that. And what you're saying is A equals B plus C plus D. And by the time you get to F, it's a direct connection with nothing in the way. I think, Eugene, you're going to have a very tough time with that one. 
Hmm. I really do. And and your damages, I don't know what the damages are. Now, you can fi- I'll just, tell you what, you can file a lawsuit for a transfer based on what they said and have your kid put in the other school district. That you may have a shot at, Eugene. Have you talked to okay. anybody in the school district? Have you said, hey, listen, I want my granddaughter here. They do take transfer students. Every school district does. And you go to the, the district. You go to someone there. You go to the principal of uh, the school that she would have gone to uh, based on what was first represented and say, can I, get the, can I get my granddaughter in here? How do we do it? Okay, I could try that. That's what. That's where you want to go. That's where you okay. want to go. You do not want to go legally and start suing uh, because there's there's no place to sue. That's 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 my take on that. All right, Tim. Hello, Tim. Yes. Yes. Uh, hello. Hello, Mr. Handel. Go ahead. I was. I got a, do- a disabled daughter, a special needs that goes to school in South Orange County. Uh, it was picture day, so the photographer comes out to the school and they take pictures for their yearbook. And they opted not to do pictures with uh, kids with disabilities. Now that gets interesting. Were there other kids who didn't have disabilities, or who had disability? Oh, no, there's a whole several classrooms with disabilities, and they opted not to take uh, pictures of any of them. Interesting. Okay, so uh, now you clearly have a case of discrimination. Have you talked to uh, the principal? Have you talked to the school district and say, why are you not taking picture of the disabled kids? No, they seem they seem just as shocked as we did at the time. All um, right. I didn't know them out until we picked my daughter up from school. All right, so what did they so say? I don't, I don't, what, did, what did they say? I, I, I don't know if they said anything. All right. Um, they just said they opted not to take the pictures, so... I heard about it last night, so I haven't dealt with it. So has this has the has the yearbook been published yet? No, it has not. All right, it's time. It's certainly time to go to the school uh, and say before you publish this puppy, you better start taking some pictures because you are looking at the potential of a huge discrimination suit. All righty. Because discrimination against the disabled. Tim, that is, even if you really can't prove damages, because I don't know what the damages are not being put into a yearbook. However, on its face and statutorily, there may, there could be some severe sanctions, and I think there are. And the law looking at discrimination against the disabled? I mean, Tim, uh, that's not age discrimination, uh, that's discrimination on a whole new level. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I would, I would, co- I want to take pictures. Yeah, I would take pictures of that kid. I would, co- I yeah, know. exactly. I, I think you're better. I think they're better off not having taking pictures of fat kids. It's not going to be as bad as uh, the disabled. Uh, I would go to the <laughs> right. school. I'd go to the principal and go, "What? What do you plan on doing about this? I mean, are you guys serious about leaving out disabled kids from the yearbook because they're disabled?" And if they say, well, no, that's not the reason we left them out. Every disabled kid in class in that school was not photographed, and every other kid was. What, what do you call that if that's not discrimination? Yeah, it's, uh, Tim, it is definitely time uh, for you to uh, go to the school and say, come on, you, and you have time to unravel this. You know, schools actually redo yearbooks. There have been times, many times, when major screw-ups have been done. For example, when students were able to do expletives and do obscene things and moon the the, the camera or whatever, they've redone school. They've done redone yearbooks. 
And on this one, I can't believe they wouldn't. So it's time to have a conversation with them uh, totally, completely. All right. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel, this is Handel on the Law. Monique. Hello, Monique. Hi there. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what can I do for you? Okay. Um, thanks for listening. What, no, what is, wait, 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 wait. What's going on with the phone here? It sounds very bad. Are you on a okay, cell phone? Can, uh, can you hear me now? Well, okay. It's not wonderful, but I think it's good enough for government work. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the biggest auto auction in the United States, which is a billion-dollar company who deals with dealers only, auto dealers only, is disclosing um, information to maybe one of the employees, obviously, or more than one of the employees, is disclosing information to, I want to say, a bad attorney. Um, and the information that's being disclosed is, in regards to um, cars that have been labeled uh, unibody damage or frame damage. Monique, have you been and, nailed? Wait, wait, have you been nailed personally? No. Then, yeah, so, now, so we're, what are you going to do? I mean, what do you want to do? You don't have any case here. You're just saying that it is that they're doing something that shouldn't be done. Take it to the media, not to me. But uh, you can complain to any regulatory agency. But, Monique, if you haven't been damaged, what would you want me to do about it? Well, the, the damage is coming in our direction because we've already been notified by this attorney that this customer that he got a hold of wants their money back. We have to pay the attorney fee. Oh, I see. So, okay. So, let me uh, – okay. So, what are you being sued for? For selling the customer a vehicle that was labeled – Unibody slash frame damage. Ah, and there wasn't there wasn't frame damage. Well, it may have been, may not have been, but the customer never came to us. What's going on is somebody on the inside of this big auto auction is disclosing these this information uh, to cut to the attorney. All right, but Mon- the- all right, Monique, what do you do uh, in terms of uh, what, what? How are you involved in the sale, Monique? Uh, I'm the wife of the owner of the auto dealership. <laughs> okay, and you, you and the auto dealership bought the vehicle at the auction and then turned around and sold it. And uh, they some somehow information uh, that uh, the customer should not have had went to the information went to him. Well, actually, the customer should have had it, but we have to pay the consequences of. Uh, well, yeah, because you, know, you sold you sold them the vehicle, and you just turn around and uh, you cross complain uh, against the uh, the auto auction. That's all. Right. So we're prepared to pay our damages. I mean, the damages of the lady, if she would like, you know. All right. So what's your, what's your question? What's your question, Monique? I don't want to go after anybody other than this huge auto. Right. Auction. So you sue, you sue, you sue, you you simply sue the auto auction. How much money do you have to pay back to this woman? Uh, in this case, it's going to be twenty five thousand dollars. Okay. Her attorney fees. That's your lawsuit. That's your lawsuit against the auto auction. 
And I'm sorry. And that's it because yeah, yeah, that's your damage. That's your damage. Okay, so it's not like suing the attorney for obtaining this information. No, the attorney can wait. The attorney can obtain any information he wants. He can hire a private investigator. He can subpoena all the records. Okay. Yeah, right. no, no, no. Just that's your damage. And you sue the auto auction people. What? An attorney shouldn't have the information that gives him the information to file a lawsuit? What is that about? All right, Al, your turn. Welcome. Yes, good morning, sir. Uh, my question, sir, is concerning a trust from my wife and uh, some uh, billing statements from it. Uh, she had a trust made last month and uh, paid for it. Uh, she paid for it by uh, cash or check. Uh, this week, or just this week, we received another itemized bill uh, for stuff that I thought should have been in the trust. It says, like, creating a beneficiary list, uh, preparing a restatement of the trust package, uh, signing of the document. All right, how much more are you being uh, charged? Uh, about two-thirds. I don't understand. How much How much money oh. are you talking about that they're charging you? Okay, the additional charge now comes up another $900 over the initial cost. All right, and uh, I'm assuming there is a retainer of some kind uh, that you signed uh, before the first monies were paid, correct? Uh, that, sir, I don't know because my That you have to look at. That you have to look at, Al. You have to see uh, that initial document because if it says that this is what I will do for this money. And then they say, and now I've done this, and that's part of what a normal trust attorney would do. Then you paid for what you got your money's worth. And Mm -hmm. if you didn't, uh, then you say, I'm not paying this. I'm simply Mm -hmm. not paying for this because I already paid you. And you said, well, you would, you would produce a trust uh, for this amount of money. And uh, producing a trust to me means producing a trust, not with yeah, changing it afterwards. So you have to look at the document, Al. There's, right. no, there's no way to ask. And people ask me questions all the time based on documents. They go, what's the document? I haven't seen it. Uh, do you have it in front of you? No. All right. This is Handle on the Law.